Hello, hello! On today's show, I'm going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mike says the current round of cover combat has the smallest margins of victory ever. And Pat talks TV toys. Welcome to your favorite live streaming what nodding podcast, comics and collectibles in the crawl space. I, of course, am your fourth or fifth favorite podcasting host, Kevin, and I am not alone, thank God. Uh, first up, we have your favorite comic book covers picker, Mike. Hey, everybody. And then the master of originality, Pat. I have nothing original to say to that. Sorry. <laughs> I put you on the spot there. Uh, um, man, nothing is working properly on my screen right now. Oh, there we go. Okay. Jeez, oh, man. <laughs> oh, and lastly, uh, before I forget and get in trouble, uh, we do have our awesome background producer. I didn't have any cool snappy name uh, before it came up for her. Sorry about it, Karen. Uh, but Karen's here with us as well. Hey, I saw um, during during the introduction, uh, the opening thing there. I saw Karen kind of, you know, she was like clapping along the music. I was just wondering if you guys play the air drums or the air guitar. That I plays just air drums. Dance. I just oh, chair okay. dance. Okay. Yeah. What do you All do, right. Pat? Uh, during the intro, I started, I started like stretching, sort of get ready, <laughs> wait myself up, get ready to go. Yeah. Hey, Karen, does that mean you're having problems with your thing, too? Is that why you didn't? <laughs> Man, that's a great way to start the show with the intro freezing up. Did you guys, you guys saw all that, right? Yeah, well, I didn't know what happened. I thought for yeah. a minute maybe you played the wrong one or something and went back because I was looking at my notes and stretching, like I said. So, <laughs> What'd you yeah. see, Mike? Uh, it looked like it played twice, and I thought just as you were getting ready to come onto the screen, you started coughing or something, and, and, <laughs> and had that. no, no, it was all technical. Although everything you guys just said is totally possible, that's been the case in, in times before. But this time it wasn't my fault. It literally just froze like ten seconds in. I'm like, what's going on? And then I was thinking, what's happened before also is it's doing something different for me than everyone else was seeing so i just left it yeah. but then i'm like no it's just literally frozen because the scroll was still going across the bottom everything else was working so 
I had to re restart it to make it work again. So yeah, great start to a great show. We got we do have a lot of stuff in store again today. We uh, I don't even know did we did we highlight two weeks ago that this week would be the next week of uh, uh, the previews previews as well. I don't think we did. I don't think so. Every time the previews previews has come up, it's kind of one i think been on the other side of a break week and then two it kind of snuck up on us so we've done yeah. no previews preview preview <laughs> in the prior episode <laughs> yeah fail uh but before we get to that we get the exciting things uh to get rolling which is uh cover combat five of course and I'm really uh, nervous uh, with you saying that the, this is going to be the smallest margins of victory. So you ready to get at it? Yep. Let's go. All right. nice yeah it's funny on the on my computer screen it was just us it wasn't showing the the video <laughs> so i'm just thinking oh i wonder what's going on it's not playing yeah. then I, I look at my phone where i watch and there it was yeah it looks seamless so far so we're we're money we're money yeah. cool <clears throat> all right yeah like like uh like you were saying the margins of victory here this week uh, were like no other week. Um, out of, you know, we've got 12 matchups, and eight of them are just, you know, a fraction. Okay. <laughs> just a few percentage points away. I mean, it's, uh, it's really close. Well, I always feel like if we're doing our job and picking good covers that can compete well, that that's probably the way it should be all the time. I mean, right? I mean, that's, you know. Yeah, that's that's what I thought when I was looking at these. I'm like, these are, you know, both covers and these matchups are well-liked. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. What we got? All right. Well, let's uh, start off with Obi-Wan and Anakin number one from Marco Cicchetto versus Chamber of Chills 19 from Lee Elias. Yeah, I I, uh, I intentionally made my background cold and snow to honor the fact that I know this cover is going to win this week with uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, this is one of the, excuse me, this is one of the close ones. Okay. 56% uh, of the vote went to the winner. So you still standing by that? Yes, I'm standing by it. You're not going to change it? No, Pat. What about you? I feel like probably the Star Wars uh, advantage went out here, but I don't know. You never know. You never know. Yep. Yeah, that's why we do this. So you. Yeah. Do yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. And the winner with fifty-six percent 
Karen, did you have a vote there? <laughs> We've got Obi Wan and Anakin number one. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think I can't remember who was giving this cover some some uh, slack or you know criticizing it. But yeah, man, I just love the I just love this cover. I like it better than the Obi Wan's. Just this. Uh, with the snow and the cold and everything that's always been a thing of mine i know you it is for you too mike so yeah yeah i i do like this better than the obi-wans i like all the covers from this series i think it was only four issues but man they're they look nice yeah i think this is before uh chichetta was on my radar at all um i didn't start paying attention to him until daredevil so uh his previous <laughs> work is just i've got to go back and look into all that Gotcha. All right. Next up, here we go. Vader down number one from Mark Brooks versus Zatanna Everyday Magic from Brian Bolland. And once again, 56% of the vote. Nice. This one has the Star Wars appeal, but then, you know, the sex appeal for the other one. You know, maybe I shouldn't put it so uh, so descriptively. The, the extremely attractive female appeal appeal yeah. i guess you know yeah i think this one uh i have no idea let's say you pat uh i just i like the zatanna a lot better just because it has a better i think a better design element to it the, uh, the vader it's okay in my book what did you think of these mike yeah the um i love them both i like mark brooks i like uh ryan Bolin, but i think the color palette on Darth Vader is really limited. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it is what it is. I think uh, that was the theme I, for all the Star Wars books. Yeah. They're in the 100. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the blue on the Zatanna is, is awesome. And like I said before, there isn't a piece of Brian Bolland work that I don't just love. So um, for me, this one was pretty easy. It actually was a little bit easy for me too. Yeah. All right, here we go. Winner with 56%. Nice. Here we go. Zatanna. Everyday Magic from Brian Bolland. Sorry, Vader. Not today. Yeah, I do like that Vader book, but yeah, this Zatanna is great. I'm glad to see this one move on. Yeah, me too. And the studio audience agreed, which is important. They did, yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Next up, we have Superman 216 from Joe Kubert versus Darth Vader 25, Joe Quesada. I'm just going to say this right now. There's a whole lot of Star Wars books in this round for Star Wars <laughs> covers not being very good. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No. What's funny about this Vader is uh, on my end, my side of the family and the people that I've talked to, they really love the fact that this Vader is in black and white. I think that's been kind of the consensus for most of us that have commented on it. Um, but but I said I personally like the color one on this, but I think most of uh, of us, that I think Johnny said he loved it being black and white too. And of course, whoever picked it. Yeah. You know. 
So, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, I was the one shaking my head that star, you know, when the whole conversation came out about star Wars covers, not being very good. There's a lot of them here. Yeah. They, yeah. They moved on pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, here we go. Once again, 56% of the vote went to the winner. There's a, there's a huge stretch at the front here. Wow. <laughs> Your teaser lives, is living up to the hype now. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so you ready? Yeah. All right, we're going to break someone's heart here. Oh! Apparently, you, you broke my heart a little bit, but apparently the yeah. studio audience is happy about it. Yeah. Oh, my gum. <laughs> this one surprised me. Um, super, oh, Superman 216, Joe Kubert. I mean, so, it is a great cover. It's just, yeah, yeah, I like the later better, but this is, uh, this is a great cover. Yep. Well, yeah, I got, I get worried sometimes that, uh, you know, the, the, the theme or the title, you know, Star Wars is going to get, you know, a half of, a half a vote just because it's Star Wars. Right, <laughs> right. You know, people are always going to be like, well, I love Star Wars. I'm just going to always vote for the Star Wars book. Um, so this one shows that that's not always true. Yeah, and I'm going to go on the flip side of that, too. I feel like anytime there's a Superman comic, that always goes down a half a notch for some ungodly reason. Superman yeah. <laughs> isn't like a super seller every awesome book you see of his, you know? Yeah. Can you guys agree with that? It seems like there's like no value on any Superman books, hardly. You know what I mean? Yep. I kind of agree, but I think he he's just, he's visually, he can make for a good cover, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Some other things. So there we go. All right. Next up, we have Sandman, Nightmare Country number one from Jenny Frizen versus Our Fighting Forces 120, Hellcats by Joe Kubert. You guys want to guess the percentage on this one? <laughs> yes, 56%. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I was going to give Pat the glory on that one because I'm sure that's what you were going to say anyway, Pat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the funny thing is I was, you know, I tally all the numbers and there have been instances in the past where uh, someone will vote. If we have 12 matchups, someone will vote on 11. You know, they, they, they won't vote on one or other for whatever reason. It's happened a few times. And that's crazy. Um, and it, it's nobody that I know that we can reach out to. So I figure, OK, they just didn't want to vote on that one. Or there are times where people someone didn't vote for two or three of them. So I'm like, OK, they're picking and choosing. Uh, yeah. This one, this matchup came out, you know, I'm, I'm counting up and, and all the, all the matchups have the same amount of votes. This one came out with one vote extra. Okay. <laughs> now, when I have a bunch of initials written on a piece of paper from different places, uh-huh. then I've got to go back and find the anomaly that find why there's one more. Right. Very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> but what happened was, and luckily it was easy to find. It was on the Facebook page. Uh, one day Johnny voted for one of them and then a few days later he voted for the other one. <laughs> oh my God, no. Really? Yeah, so I sent him a message and I'm like, hey, he voted for both covers at two different times. <laughs> That's funny. So he had to narrow it down to uh, to, to, the, what? to the one that he really wanted. <laughs> it's like, look, man, I want to vote for both of them too. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> This one was easy for me though. I, you know, I definitely, I like that Sandman a lot, but yeah, this one was really hard for me because 
Yeah, obviously, I love that Sandman. But, uh, yeah, I like the Hellcats. Was this tough for you, Pat? Um, yes and no, but I kind of went with the cover I've been supporting. Which one is that? The Sandman? Yeah, the Sandman yeah. cover. Yep. Hard to go against it. And I think you helped that cover a lot by explaining why there was teeth in the eyes, too, when, when Johnny asked. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> does make sense if you yeah storyline you've got context yeah all right so here we go with 56 percent of the vote squeaking out a win oh, oh man <laughs> our fighting forces this one surprised me i i thought that sandman book was a lock Who'd you say, one, Mike? I'm not sure if the audience over overshadowed your comment there. Oh, our fighting forces, 120. Hellcats. Nice. And it is a cool cover. Maybe if the you think, you know, in in especially when you put an older cover, real old cover, up against something really new, you think just the color, the brightness of the colors is a huge stark difference too. You know, like you think this would be. Yeah better if it just were like i don't would it be called a remark i don't know if it was just like recolored to where the colors were brighter would that make sense does that make sense i don't know what i'm talking about i know what you're saying um i think what does it on this one is the trade dress honestly because the yeah, art cool logo yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean the artwork is great um but yeah you get a cool logo on something and it just draws people's eyes and that's the only thing i can think on why this one would draw so much attention what do you say, Pat? If if this was all brightened up, would that be better or worse? You mean the Sandman cover? No, no, no. This Hellcats cover. If it were, if it were bright, you know, like if the colors were kind of modern day kind of bright colors. I don't mean like exaggeratory, you know, like ridiculous bright, but yeah. just like, you know, it, I can't. I don't. You know, I don't maybe, know art words that well, but maybe you know digitally I mean? colored because I I don't think Jenny Frisian works in. I think she works digital. Well, yeah, this is a not, good comparison because she's sure. black and white. I'm just thinking about like, you know, very colorful modern cover. I wish I had one to kind of put up right now to be like, like this, you know, but <laughs> nobody's tracking with what I'm saying exactly. I was following, but then I, you reversed course on me because I, I think something like the Hellcats cover is more eye-catching to a general audience just because there's colors everywhere. Um, I, I, I don't think it would benefit from modern coloring, honestly. Okay, okay. Fair enough. You know, you know what I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to remark that. <laughs> yeah, do a black and white print, and then just get out the old Crayolas and see what you can do. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to figure out how to digitally color, as if I could oh, do that. Oh yeah, as, right. As if I could do that, I can't even figure out how to audit, uh, edit audio if it's uh, too long. Speaking of that, might as well mention that now. Uh, you know. <laughs> I had a heck of a time, and I literally tried for like two or three days to try to get... I, I not only wanted to do my regular editing to the show, you know, the 100th episode show, but I also wanted to add in the two audio from episode one and episode 25 that I was unable to play during the show because you guys couldn't hear it. And it wouldn't let me even add music to the background or all it would let... It was so weird, too. It I, I feel like I was lucky it let me download it at all because 
when I did investigating why it wasn't working, where I usually edit my audio, which is through Spotify for podcasters, it actually says your audio can't be like more than three. And I can't remember exactly what the cutoff was, but it was like three and a half hours. So I don't even know how I even got just the flat four and a half hours of audio downloaded. But then when I tried to manipulate it in any way, any other way, it wouldn't let me do it. And it kept saying because it was too long. Um, So anyway, yeah, anybody listening, um, you know, if you listen to the podcast, I kind of have a a prologue, prelude, whatever to the podcast kind of explaining that uh, because it's raw. It's raw. And it isn't still isn't bad. I still listen to the whole thing a couple of times. Um, it's still good, but anyway, that's uh, that's what was going on with that one. So, gotcha. Anyway, next up, sorry, sorry for the interruption. Right. <laughs> next up, uh, Phantom Stranger number ten from Neil Adams versus Uncanny X Men two sixty eight from Jim Lee. Once again, no six percent of the vote. This is another fifty six percent of that gunk. Another fifty six percent. Oh man, that is concerning. <laughs> yep. Hmm. As much as I love that X-Men cover, I gave Ham Stranger the nod because just because of the artistic, uh, you know, layout and I, there's just something about it, you know, gave it, the, gave it the extra edge. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I, uh, I went Phantom Stranger. Oh my God, you both went Phantom? <laughs> Dang, bro, that is not good for me. <clears throat> And uh, yeah, same with what Patrick said. I love that X Men book. I actually, that's the one out of all of Jim Lee's artwork. That's the one that I picked to have him sign when I met him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it was it was a tough choice, but like you know the yeah, I just love that Phantom Stranger. It is great. I completely agree with both of everything you're saying, except I then my nod went to the X Men still. So. But maybe Black Widow had long blonde or white hair. <laughs> right <laughs> for me anyway I'm sure if she looked like you know um wilma flintstone yeah i seriously i can't help but think that that negatively affect, I, i'm convinced now <laughs> our remarks our remarks in in the humor benefit could probably destroy the cup yeah well don't get don't you know don't don't Give the wind of Phantom Stranger. Yeah, they're okay. talking like uh, it's already set in stone. I'm just really, really scared now. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let me ease your pain here. The winner with 56% of the vote. Oh, man. That doesn't ease my pain, Mike. <laughs> well, the audience is They don't even know what they want to do. <laughs> half of them cheering, half of them booing. Phantom Stranger. Number 10 moves on. You're you saying let me ease your pain here. That would be taking a knife out of me. Okay. What you yeah. did was just push the knife in further and kill me, is what you did. That's how you ease my pain. Yeah. Man, dagger, dag gum. Well, I wanted oh, to give you a little relief. Now I have to root for Phantom Stranger all the way through now because then you know the thing you can always say, well, you know, at least yeah. it lost to the champ. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Next up, X Men number one from Jim Lee uh, versus Princess Leia number two from Terry Dodson. Saying goodbye to either one of these is going to kill me a little bit on this one. Yeah. 
Um, again, 56%. Shut up, Mike. You're just making things up now. I'm not. I've got the I've got the numbers here. <laughs> Is Trust it me, you I, said it's you said it's eight of them. Is it the first eight? <laughs> um wait, let me see. Yeah. No, there's one more. Oh jeez. Okay. So the next one, 56% as well. Okay, man. Yeah, I, I'm going to say it again. Your tees are really fit the bill this week. Four, five, six, Crazy. Seven. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's the first seven and then one. So, uh, yeah, here the winner got 56, obviously. Um, so this was tough. Did you say who these were and what these were for the podcast? Yeah, I did. Yeah, X-Men number one from Jim Lee and Princess Leia number two from Terry Dodson. Okay. All right. You ready for it? Which way did you go on this? Again, this is another tough one, but I gave the slate edge to the X-Men. Mike? Yep. Um, Mike's over that X-Men cover. Don't forget. I am. I went with... I went with Princess Leia. Uh, I went with Leia, and because uh, I, I am, you know, I, I do like that X Men book, but I'm just I'm over it. Yeah. Right, right. It's, it's so, so unbelievable to me. You've said it a hundred times. I should remember, but it's so yeah. unbelievable to me that I keep forgetting. So, you never know. He could surprise us one of these days. So. He could. He could. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I do have a surprise at the end of all of this on okay. why on why I voted for that Princess Leia. I oh, can't wait to hear it. I know. <laughs> All right. For the winner? Yeah. Yeah, let's just do it. Nice. X-Men number one. Oh. So Jim was this it? Jim Lee moves forward. What was it, Mike? Jim X-Men Lee? X-Men number one. Okay. Yep. Beating <laughs> out Terry Dodson. Yeah. You know, that's a great Princess Leia cover. I mentioned that that holds a special place in my heart due to the history with me and my daughter. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, obviously I love this cover. So yeah. it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just love this cover. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next matchup. This was really hard for me. Uh, Dreaming Eagles number one from Brian Stelfreeze versus Uncanny X Men 136. John Byrne. Yeah, this one this was tough. This is fifty-six. Love... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yep. yep, go ahead. I was just asked, confirming this is a fifty-six percent or two, right? Yes, it is. Dang, um, that one, that one actually surprises me. Yep, it doesn't, but doesn't for me because I, I, while I think that Dreaming Eagles is a great cover, artistically speaking, my nostalgia won out. And I voted for the X Men here, so yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin's like, yeah, I guess. I guess maybe most <laughs> will get it. I guess. <laughs> All, right. All right, yeah, let's just get this over with. All right. Yes. <laughs> There you go. Uncanny X-Men 136. Making the Kevin and everybody else happy that voted for it. What what year is this? What year is this from? 78. Um, 
later than that. Probably later than that. 80. You know what? I have that information. It's downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't need this. Okay, I was just curious because, you know, it, I, I've, I've commented before, too, about how, you know, we talk, you know, when we talk about old books, you know, and then especially the people in my house, mostly my kids, you know, this is an old book, right. you know, <laughs> it's it's all relative, you know, of course. Um, this is like golden age to us. Yeah, right. So anyway, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy this is still moving forward. I'm not too confident about it winning it all, though, that's for sure. You know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Next matchups are coming here soon. All right, next up, Astro City 41 versus Stillwater. Oh, Astro City by Alex Ross versus Stillwater number one, Roman Perez. Uh, the winner here, 67%. So somebody finally went ahead and beat down the competition a little bit. <laughs> I just have to say this prediction right now just so I sound smart, and then I'll just admit that I'm not smart if I fail, but I'm just going to say this right now. I feel like the way you answered that about we'll see – that that uncanny X-Men is going to be matched up against X-Men number one for round three. That's just my prediction right now. <laughs> I'm going to be so mad about it if I'm right, but I'm going to be happy that I'm a great predictor though, at that point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I want to say something right now, but I don't want to give it away. Okay, don't. Yeah, yeah. Save it. I'll save it. Luckily, I will tell you this. It's the first... It's in the first reveal, so... Okay, good, okay. We won't have long yeah. to wait, got it, Right, got yeah. It. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, <laughs> sorry, I really want to say it, but... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Astro City 41 uh, versus Stillwater. Um, yeah, I, I love the Astro City. I'm a little confused... Well, I guess there were, it's, this might be volume two or something because it's issue 41 and it's the 100th issue. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. Pulling a, they're pulling a Marvel trick there. <laughs> yeah, it must be, must be volume two then. Well, guys, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. You guys pick up the new Amazing Spider-Man yet? No. The $10 book? Why is it a $10 book? I don't know. I think it's uh, Legacy seven twenty five or something like that. So or eight twenty five or not? Yeah. Like, really, this has to be ten. I paid three bucks for my Batman five hundred, <laughs> and it was a card stock, and it was it was actually what was that when when die cut? Yeah, die cut. Yeah, <laughs> it was a yeah. card stock die cut book. Anyway, well, that's a whole we've talked about that. Yeah. You know, as much as this Stillwater has definitely uh, found a place in my heart, I've I've uh, I've grown fond of it. No pun intended with that heart thing going on, but yeah, um, the Astro City. I'm all over the Astro City on this one. What about you, Pat? Yeah, I think this Stillwater cover is my least favorite cover that's been drug along so far. <laughs> he said, "Drug along." <laughs> right, fine. You can come along, Stillwater. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Oh, man. wait a minute. I take that back. I see my least favorite coming up. Never mind. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh. Let me ask you this about Stillwater real quick, Pat. Um, <clears throat> is it because of the artistic, how good it is artistically or not? Or is it because of the, the way the cover looks in general? You know? 
or both? I, don't know. I can't. I can't it, it has. It's stylistically well done, I think, but there's just something about it I just don't like. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Go ahead and reveal Astro City, Mike. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Kevin's calling it. Here we go. The winner. Yes. Exactly. Uh oh. oh studio audience yeah like, the audience uh, is dragging that thing around like a hobo there <laughs> <laughs> right. we go astro city 41 as kevin predicted nice all right next up we've got mandalorian number two from care andrews versus star spangled war stories 88 from uh jerry grandinetti all right pat I'm assuming you're talking about the Mandalorian cover. No, I, no, 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 no. The war I'm, story. Okay, okay. I'm guessing Patrick's. Uh, Sorry, the, one, the one Patrick doesn't like is uh, X Men 222. I don't know what gives you that idea, Mike, but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant coming up next. Okay, later. Nah, nah. later. Come on, yeah. If that one was next, I would have known that. Yeah, yeah, which makes me even more sad. I'm, <laughs> I can't be happy for the whole rest of the show now. <laughs> All right, this one, yeah, you know, the, the obviously this is stark difference here. You know, I, I don't, you know, and I usually try to avoid looking in the comments to uh, see what people are picking. But man, I can't help but think that this would, this Star Wars has the edge. Uh, even though it goes against uh, what Johnny was talking about with the palette rules and stuff like that. I, yeah, I, I've actually, and, and this is how it works with cover combat every time for me. I grow more fond of books the more times I see them when they're competing and they win, you know, so. Yeah. Well, well, nobody likes a loser. <laughs> <laughs> what kid, what younger audience member is going to look at this and say, hey, I'm going to vote for the uh, lady swinging on the rope. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can easily say in my house, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's certain ones that I know Marcus is going to be like, meh. <laughs> Although Tyler did sell this, sell it really well with the explanation of uh, how that light is happening and the guns, fires, shooting it, you know, and stuff like that, you know, yeah. so... Well, we'll see. yeah, let me give you the percentage here. Uh, this one had the greatest margin of victory. 72% of the vote. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that pretty much put the nail in the coffin of any uh, thoughts of War Story taking it, in my opinion. Because... Think, yeah. Yep, you would think. <laughs> All right, let's see. You're All a right. good salesman, Mike. You're a good salesman. <laughs> I can't wait to reveal that first matchup. Oh, <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. And the winner. Nice. <laughs> Predicting correctly, mandator mandatorian. Mandalorian <laughs> number two. <laughs> yeah, it's mandatory that the Mandalore gets moved ahead. Well, it's all Grogu there, you know. <laughs> Grogu will sell a lot of covers. That's for sure. Yeah. Look barely. at him looking all scared cute on that cover, too. Even though he's a very minimal part of the cover, he's a, yeah. as cute as he can be right there. 
Yeah, well, I was part of the 28% that voted for uh, Star Spangled War Stories. What? <laughs> I, I love no, that. I, I could have predicted that. I could have predicted that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up. Uh, next, we have House of Secrets 92 from Bernie Wrightson versus Obi-Wan number one, Ken Lashley. This one was really hard for me. I love, I love both of these covers. Nice to have one of those House of Secrets. I had to sell it for reasons. And uh, yeah, I love that cover so much. Yeah. Do, do you own that, Pat? That House of Secrets, do you own it? No, I don't have that. I don't have it either. I, I If anyone, I would guess Johnny probably has it. Yeah. Probably found it in a dollar bin 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> like, oh. I'll buy this for <laughs> yeah i don't think this has been a dollar for 40 years but. yeah yeah <laughs> and i i like the imagery you know as much as i think again johnny was criticizing this one too with the the color palette and everything i like the imagery in the back with this one they're both kind of in the same kind of thought about each other is the way i look at this which you know if you watched uh the show you know yeah i can see that yeah I'm a fan of green, though. <laughs> yeah, I am, too. Yeah. I'm a fan of color. And that Obi-Wan just doesn't have a lot of it. Right. Once again. But, you know, look, it's it's once again, it's, uh, you know, the environment that he's in. Right, right. But uh, this one, this one had the second largest margin of victory. Uh, well, tied for the second largest. With 61% went to the winner. I don't like that. I can see House of Secrets winning, but I don't know if that kind of margin. We'll see. Yeah. Here we go. <sighs> I mean, that's fine, though. I mean, I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> the audience. Yeah. And the audience is on my side. Obi One, number one, from Ken Lashley. Nice. Man, that's still a lot of Star Wars. Going through to round three. Wait. Yeah, round oh, three. That's only the second one. There's been a lot of Star Wars, but only two of them are getting through, right? Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Hold on. Oh, three of them. Three of them. Three, three. of them. Three. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Patrick's least favorite matchup, or his favorite matchup to vote against. Uh, Come on, Pat. Ferris, number 17 from Adam Hughes versus Uncanny X-Men 222 from Mark Silvestri. And let's get back on the old trend. 56% of the vote. Oh, uh, great. Went to the one. What's that, Patrick? You can thank my wife for this one. Pat, I can't handle... You not at least appreciating this as my first favorite, my first comic I ever collected. I need that from you, please. Just say, you yeah, know. I, I understand. Yeah, I understand that from your point of view. But, no, uh, I want it to be your point of view, Pat. It's not going to be my point of view. <laughs> no, it's okay. I can handle it. I can handle it. I know we. That's what I say. I love about us all the time. We are all so different, so it's all good. I'll feel bad for you guys when Ferris gets eliminated here. That's fine. Mike, you voted for X-Men, though, didn't you? Let me look. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I did. I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't I don't 
know how to take that sincerely or not, but I'll take it. So, okay. Um, <laughs> I like, I like Patrick. <laughs> you were, uh, you're saying thanks to your wife on this one, Patrick. Yeah. Because oh. I know how she voted and I wasn't happy. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's see if uh, we have to put any blame on her for swinging anything or not. The winner, 56%. Yes! Oh my God! It was Uncanny X Men two twenty two. Oh my God! I just realized, Mike's. I know what's happening in round one. Next round now. Oh man, Daggum. I mean, I I realize what's in the first match of round one now. I'm changing changing my prediction. <laughs> it's even worse than I thought. <laughs> it's even worse. Uh, but thank you for everyone that voted for Uncanny X-Men 222. Let's keep it up. Starting a large campaign for round three. Because <laughs> this was super scary. Yes. <laughs> All right. Our last matchup of the week. X-Men Legends number one uh, from Art Adams and versus Marvel Team Up 141 from Art Adams and Mike Mignola. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, tough. 61% went to the winner here. I would expect this one to be even closer than the rest. This was, this was definitely real tough. Yeah, I thought this would have been one of the fifty-six percent voters. <laughs> okay, here's here's an example of the coloring I'm talking about. Actually, this is a newer book that has the old school coloring that I'm talking about, with an older book that kind of has new school. You know, the brightness of the coloring. You know, this is this is a perfect example of what I was talking about, and kind of in the way I was talking about it about. You know, do you think older books would do better with brighter color? You know what I'm saying? What's the, you know, artsy, you know, words I need to say to express what I'm meaning here? Well, I think, I think maybe what you're looking for, just the, the amount of colors, you know, the, the color variations on the older books, they were limited. But even look at the yellow versus the same exact yeah. yellow. You see what I'm saying? Like, just imagine that X-Men you know being that bright yellow moon yellow and you know just pat help me out no is the word flat like is this x-men like flat and this is like it's more muted the x-men the uncanny is more muted colors but they're doing that purposely because right of the situation yeah i understand why these two are the way they are i'm just trying to describe the way i'm trying to like I said, with that Wildcats, if it were, I like that word muted. If it, if the colors weren't as muted, if they were, you know, brighter, you know, do you think that cover looked better or not kind of thing? And you already answered my question for the most part. I just wanted to bring it up again. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but, you know, this is perfect. Just two covers and this, the newer one is the more muted one. So I was just looking for your thoughts on that. So, you know, but this is, this was definitely tough for me. Yep. Mike, was this tough for you? Yeah, yeah. It was. Is this the last Marvel team up? Team up? Yeah, this is the last. Yep. Oh, now I'm super conflicted. I wish I would have thought about that. I don't even I don't even remember who I voted for or which one I voted for on this, but I'm kind of wishing if it wasn't Marvel team up, I did vote Marvel team up just because it's the last one left because 
this is definitely a good one. You know. Yeah, yeah I'm, I vote a Marvel team up. Pat. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that Marvel team up, even though it's two of my favorite two of my favorite artists combined. Uh, I, I I went with the newer version of my yeah. favorite Arthur Adams. Gotcha, Mike. What were you going to say? Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, I did the Marvel team up because, and it's it it falls back. You know, this is it's an homage cover. I've seen it. Um, yeah, that's that's the main thing that I. I it was like a half, a, you know, point down because of that for me. Gotcha. No. All right. All right. So the winner was 61%. Nice. And sad at the same time. <laughs> yep. X-Men Legends number one. From Art Adams. That is a great cover, though. It is. But, uh. I just don't like that it's X-Men Legends. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I ever meet Art Adams, I'm going to ask him about this car. You know, like, <laughs> do you think he, well, obviously he just went with Uncanny X-Men on it uh, because it's an homage to Uncanny X-Men. But do you think, you know, he would have pref possibly preferred X-Men Legends being on there since that's what it is? But he got kiboshed on that. No, if you're going to homage that, it's got to be Uncanny X. What do you think? You know, do you think it was Art Adams' artistic choice here to uh, nah, make it? I can pretty much tell you. I, I'm probably 80% sure. he. This was a pre-existing piece of artwork that they used for this alternate cover. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I'd say editorial put the Uncanny on there. Actually, that, that might actually be a part of the original artwork. I think, yeah, he does a lot of oh, straight out cover recreations, you know, and yeah, he, he could have done this for a commission right, or for right. something else, and they—that's they, what they've been doing for a lot of his stuff. He, they've been using his convention sketches, commission convention sketches for alternate covers. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's what all those head, those basically headshot covers were coming from. Oh, are, right. are commissions that he did for other people. <laughs> they're so good that they're using them for covers. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Well, okay. The, that pain's out of the way. Now let's get to the next pain, you know, because can I change my prediction or am I, do I have to stick with my old prediction for a no, while? You can, yeah, you can change whatever you want. The first, the first matchup here is going to be X-Men number one versus Uncanny X-Men 222, isn't it? Okay. Well, I'll just show you. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to be the one. I don't want to answer it. Here we go. Round three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was thinking with the way you were tracking that it was BX-Men number one, but I do have to say, well, first of all, yeah, I hate that it's two X-Men, but I prefer out of Uncanny 136 and X-Men number one for it to be the 136, you know? Right. It's probably going to make Pat even more angry if X-Men 222 goes through on this one. Because How could it possibly go through? Huh? How could it possibly go through? <laughs> because well, I'm going to be handing out flyers out in the street corner paying I'll people worry. five bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah. no, just... So we've got Uncanny X-Men 222 versus Uncanny X-Men 136. Hey, go 
we should have a rule where the same title books can't co- go against each other until oh. like the final. No, I'm just right. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah yeah this is tough but yeah yeah i'm all over 222 on this one yeah yeah i mean it's obviously once as we get down to fewer books available the matchups get harder because you know we like seeing the ones we vote for move on yeah and we're pitting ones that we voted for against each other so it, it just gets more and more difficult yeah. uh, then, so the next matchup we have is phantom stranger 10 versus zatanna everyday magic Oh, this is a great matchup. I like this. It's this tough. is really hard for me. I yeah. voted for both of these all the way through. Yeah, it's tough. That's tough. tough. Yeah, I'm gonna take. You know, I'm taking that uncanny. I'm taking my uh, uncanny X Men 222 to Chris Claremont. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I'm gonna get signed next, and then I'll probably get it graded after the. Well, you know, I need one more signature on it. But anyway, this is a good matchup. So I'll, I'll shut up about X-Men. This is a great matchup. What direction are you going on this one, Pat? You've, you've been talking both of these up every yeah, time. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have to think about this one. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be hard. This is a thinker for me. A yeah. lot of these matchups are at this point. Just, uh... All right, next up. Our Fighting Forces 120 versus X-Men number one. Yeah, this one's going to be easy for me again. Yep. I think this one's going to be tough for some people. This one's easy for me. Easy for you. <laughs> and and Pat, where are you at on this? I mean, the X-Men is going to get the, the, the edge probably just because I just like that cover so much. Yeah. But, nice. Yep. This is a great Hellcats cover, though. Definitely. Or yeah, Fighting Forces cover. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Everybody calls it Hellcats. Which, yeah. You know, it's so funny. This happens a lot. Especially, I don't know whether this happened more old school <clears throat> than it does current. But, like, what I'm doing for the giveaway on the Whatnot Show is a Creatures on a Loose number 30. But it's got big Man-Wolf across the cover. So I always want to say man wolf instead of creatures on loose number 30, which is really small on the top. You know, it's, you know, yeah, yeah, this is the same thing. This is the Hellcats cover. Right. Yeah. All right. Next up. X-Men Legends 1 versus Obi-Wan and Anakin 1. Uh, I don't like snow that much. (laughs) 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 Yep. Oh, I meant to say, Art Adams is going to be in Baltimore. So if you can what? track down a copy of this, I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Are you sure? Because I kind of highlighted it when I freaked out online. Did you? When I saw, <laughs> yeah. Because he's somebody. I'm like, you know, it's like I'm pretty much well aware that the chances of meeting, you know, like Todd McFarlane, are pretty slim. And Art, I know, Art Adams is somebody that I put in that category as well i'm like man i'm just never gonna get a chance to meet art adams or even like you said chris claremont um but bang they're both gonna be there yeah i, I would have thought art adams would have been a tougher uh yeah. meeting than todd it seems like todd's out there you just gotta yeah. he's just gotta catch him in the right spot and yeah. uh but, but I, th- I feel like it was just maybe under 10 years ago that we were all talking about that we didn't even realize what art adams looked like until 
you know, this past decade because yeah. you never see him, right? Right. I mean, so, yeah, that's exciting. And, and yet, yeah, my, my, my memory, my memory, <laughs> what, what did Tyler, you know, of course, me and Tyler have, it's hereditary, apparently, same memory, but uh, we were kind of joking. It's just that, you know, the my hard drive is full. So the some of it just, it's got yeah. it. Some of it keeps sneaking out regularly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> leaking memories so i have no doubt uh, usually it's like 90 percent of the time in my life now whenever someone disagrees with something i said as far as no you're remembering wrong i'm just like okay you're, right. yeah, you're probably right <laughs> i'll go back and i'll find it online and i'll, I'll share it and you'll go oh yeah yeah now I remember. <laughs> exactly that's exactly what happened <laughs> all right anyway yeah next up Astro City 41 versus Obi-Wan number one. What say you, Pat? These last two, the Obi-Wans just aren't doing it for me, so those are two easy picks for me. What about you, Mike? Um, yeah, I like the Obi-Wan and Anakin, but uh, on this one, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the Astro City. Yeah, this is going to... This is just Star Wars is going to win this one for me. I mean, yeah, yeah, because I think it artistically it's pretty equal for me. So yeah, Star Wars is going to get the edge on this one. That's the me. yeah, that's the half point advantage. Yeah, yeah. All right, and our last matchup: Mandalorian two versus Superman two sixteen. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't like this matchup. Yeah. Just yeah. because Superman's going to get whacked. That's what I'm afraid. <laughs> because of the Star Wars aspect. <laughs> and it's a great cover. Jeez. I mean, they're but yeah, they're both great. But yeah, I don't I don't think uh, Superman has much of a chance of making it to round four at this point. We'll um, we will see. Yeah. Let me go back now. Um, I voted for that Princess Leia cover. Because I made a grave error. <laughs> and this is what happened. Um, number five is what was actually submitted for the competition. Oh, no. I made the mistake and selected two. Well, you probably like that one better. And it was pointed out to me, you know, well into the competition so I felt terrible about it, but everything had already been moving. Princess Leia number two had already been victorious, had advanced. So I just had to let it ride. Um, and I felt bad, but I don't know how I made that mistake, but I made that mistake. Don't you? I thought you usually sent back a picture of everything back to I us. Did. Yeah, I did. And so you, so did you send? Did you make the mistake after you sent the picture to confirm back to him, or? Or did you send the picture to confirm back to him and he made the mistake of not proofreading his own acceptance? <laughs> Actually, that's a good idea. Let me look. I, 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 I thought that I made the mistake when I initially saved them, but let me, let me scroll all the way back. Yeah, so I, I felt bad because um, we were sharing screen captures. Um, well, if it's any any consolation to the to the entrant i like number two better than number five so yeah 
That's actually what you had mentioned uh, too to me, Mike, when you had told me this had happened too, that the number two was better, which I agreed to that as well. So I think someone probably benefited from your error anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I, I just sent the list to them. I didn't send the, the, the picture, the pictures and I listed Leia number two, not Leia number five. Um, uh, but they had sent me the picture for Leia number five and I always have to go get new pictures because sometimes they're not, not high quality. Yeah. yeah. They're lower quality. So. Those are pretty equal anyway. They probably would have uh, gone the same distance yeah. anyway. And I'm a fan of number two more than number number five. Yeah, I am obviously um, generally and well as well. Yeah. So. But either way, I feel I feel terrible because it wasn't the one submitted. But well, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point, I can't worry about it. <laughs> well, you should completely take your guilt away because when you 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 said number two when you submitted back that those mm -hmm. were. So somebody should have caught it then. Whoever submitted Star Wars should have caught it then, right? Yeah. 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 That's what I'm going with. Exactly. No guilt for you. Yeah. Exactly. So that's it. That's uh, that's our matchup. I'll have these up on uh, Facebook uh, in a few hours. Nice. All right. Awesome. Um, you know, I'm going to take this opportunity to. Uh, just mentioned something too that the last two weeks you know it seems like when we have two weeks uh you know that that should give us plenty of time to do everything we do and especially since uh last week was kind of unexpected we were thinking we were going to have a show last week and then it didn't happen till the last minute that we weren't going to have a show and that's mostly on me because uh i don't know what i was thinking that i could i was actually kidding myself that we could have a reunion our family reunion after a show and it was it was totally impossible so i'm just gonna chime on to that to add the an apology for whatnot shows uh i actually changed the, the 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 banner at the end of the show because my whatnot shows have been a wreck for the last couple of weeks with rescheduling and not happening and stuff like that and it's just my life has not cooperated whatsoever to make what not happen as much as it is. So I just want to take this moment to apologize for that. And that, uh, you know, that we skipped last week. I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show that we skipped last week, kind of unannounced. We talked during the hundredth episode about how we'd be back the next week, you know, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's just, uh, it's just been crazy. So, you know, I'm mentioning that with, you know, I can imagine the work that you put in, to all the cover combat. So then when errors like that come in, Mike, you know, I think anybody and everybody watching should definitely, and does definitely, I haven't heard otherwise, understand when that kind of thing happens anyway, you know, so. Yeah. Do you like how I made your small error? My huge explanation for how I've just screwed up the past two weeks yeah. <laughs> on a completely different platform. Right. I just didn't want to be alone in my apology. I get it. Yeah. Glad anyway. I can help. <laughs> All right. And then the next thing we got uh, is another thing, again, as I mentioned, that snuck up on us. Uh, previews, previews back. Mm -hmm. And I'm still a big fan. Yeah. 
I hope you all are, and I hope uh, this is this is our third edition. So I hope people are starting to get used to it and liking it, because uh, I think it's a it's a it's a great thing. So you guys ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I like it. All right. Short one again. <laughs> I need to find a way to make that longer. I said that last time. But anyway. All right, I'm going to go first. And I wanted to actually say this before we go first. And this is something you started to talk about a little bit as well in the pregame, Mike, that I kind of cut you off and I said save for the show because I'm interested to hear, hear what you had to say. Uh, but this was a tough one for me. Because anybody uh, who knows me knows I'm not a horror comics fan. And this is uh, the, the October. All the books or all the items we're getting ready to show are soliciting to be, re- to be uh, released in October. Correct? Yeah. So since October, since October, it's a real, you know, horror thing. I can't remember the catchy phrase they said for describing in the, in the previous guide what a lot of the themes for a lot of the books are, but it's, you know, it's, it's horror related essentially. Right. Yeah. I, I missed yeah. all that. When I looked through well, I was, I was actually using the guide. Did you use the guide or the website this time? Yeah. I actually used the guide this time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you catch that? Uh, Pat? Yeah. You could definitely see there was a heavy horror Halloween influence. Yeah. And... But what were you going to say when I cut you off in the pregame, Mike, what were we going to, um, you know, I, I had trouble finding things interesting uh, when I was looking through there. And I think my interest uh, goes, it fluctuates with how broke I am. So <laughs> the more broke I am, the less, the, the fewer items that I'm interested in. Because <laughs> I think it's a subconscious thing. Like, look, money's tight. You don't need to be pre-ordering this stuff. <laughs> so you're subconsciously controlling your sensibilities. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but then I, I, I spaz out the day of releases. I'm like, oh, I got to get that. I got to get that. And I should have pre-ordered it. <laughs> it's it's a vicious cycle. I hate it. But, you know, September is a big month with uh, Baltimore Comic Con coming up. Yeah. Steelers game to go to a concert with Cora. So we're, you know, September's tough. What say you, Pat? How was this month for you? It was, it was better than last month for sure. Okay, good, good, good. And I think that's what matters. You know, as long as one or two of us at least yeah. can come up with a good stock from it, you know, we're just trying to help people out a bit to, uh, you know, know what's coming if they aren't like us and they, you know, aren't used to getting previews and being and, and kind of following and being aware of what's coming. You know, I know I kind of, I've always our entire life leaned in on you, Mike, to kind of let me know what's coming. Um, yeah. you know, so, um, so let's get started. So first off, oh, actually I lost my, uh, when I had, I had to reboot earlier, I lost my thing. Here, let me get it real quick. <clears throat> All right. So first off, you know, kind of going along with everything we just said, uh, I just, you know, this is, and I think actually I want to ask you a question regarding this too. So this is, they're calling it Tricker Read Free Comics uh, Returns. I guess this is, is this the second or the third year they've done this Tricker Read Free, like a free comic book day in October. 
because then they then they do the Halloween fest and two mm-hmm. years ago and and you know but but anyway so it's essentially free comic books they're going to be given out. Um, I didn't exactly see a date on these, but obviously it's uh, this all October. Um, so you know I wanted to. Uh, oh, damn, what did I just want to highlight that I wanted to, I want to get all these. I can't remember the I lost train of thought a little bit there. Um, but, but anyway, trick or read free comics will be available in October. Oh, oh, I remember what it is now. Pat, you said one time you order free comics through DCBS. And I think every time I get on there, I've never seen that option. So for the other people that might be ordering through DCBS too, did you, am I, am I accurate in that? Or am I remembering wrong? Didn't you say you like for free comic book day and stuff, you can get free comic book day stuff through DCBS too, right? Yeah, for some reason I missed it. This either I don't know what what happened this year, but I missed it. But generally, that's how what would happen. Uh, it used to be you could just put them in your cart or whatever in your order, but then more recently, they when you got to the end of your order, they would say, "Hey, you're eligible for X number of free comic book day books. Here's your selection. Go ahead and add them to your cart." But I, for, I don't know what happened this year. Uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't see any aside from this one page that literally is the picture I'm showing here. I didn't see any like place that I would go to solicit on DCBS. So I'm hoping it's something like that that it would just give me the option to put them up free, you know, at the end or something, you know. But as far as the Halloween stuff, I don't remember ever being given an option for that stuff. I think actually, I thought I always in my mind thought that these are like mini comics or something but i i've never taken part in the halloween yeah sort of that, the halloween's had both they've had mostly a lot of the mini comics but they do have larger size okay um because so i think we've got uh like ultimo fallout 4 i think i have the halloween version of that yeah me too yeah and then uh there's there's another there was another key that i think the dr afro the, the darth vader number three i think I've got a Halloween one of that as well um, in regular size. But I do have some smaller ones, too. So they go probably more of the smaller size, like the Ashcan size at Halloween than regular free comic book day. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's my first one. Just highlighting the trick or read free comics. There's going to be a Star Wars High Republic, Moon Knight, Amazing Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, and Spiting His Amazing Friends. So that's my first one. All right. I've got... Uh, this should not surprise you guys at all, but I have this one. Um, Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, number one. Um, sounds awesome. I want to get it. But what they're doing here, and this is the first time I've ever seen this, they have two variants. This is These are connecting covers. Okay, Two different variants here. Uh, and they are being referred to as Roar Sound FX connecting covers. So when you open the one with Godzilla on it, it makes a Godzilla roar. And when you open the one with King Kong on it, it makes a King Kong roar. Shut up. So it's like those birthday cards that sing. Oh my God, I didn't even see that. Now, these are 15 bucks a piece. They're $14.99 cover price. 
which means I won't be getting them. But you better believe I'll be at the store day of releases to be playing with them. Well, I can definitely <laughs> validate spending fifteen bucks and getting some sound effects rather than ten and getting it just because it's seven twenty-five. Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but which one do you get? I, I mean, thirty bucks for two books. Almost spent thirty bucks on a book. It's gonna be like our fighting forces one twenty Hellcats or something. Yeah. No, it's gonna have sound effects. <laughs> and let me tell you how this goes, Mike. You're gonna get the right side with King Kong, and Pat's okay. gonna get the left side with Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna get them both just to sell on the whatnot show. But how crazy is that? I've never heard. It is of awesome. It is awesome. So so that's my first I mean, one. it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, if, if they can do it with yeah. trade uh, with uh, greeting cards, why wouldn't comics yeah. dip their toe in there? Right. Yep. That's pretty cool. So I I'm can't just, wait to hold uh, one. I'm trying to see. I can't see him right now, and I'm up, so I'll look later. Never mind. So, you know, I'm not pre-ordering these, but oh, these come out October 17th. So on October 17th, I'll be standing there probably figuring out a way to come up with 30 extra bucks. <laughs> you know, the, you know, actually just what popped into my mind too. What always happens when you're looking at the greeting cards that have those, you know, musical tunes and stuff in them. They get all busted when people yep. look at them, uh -huh. you know. That's the only fault I can see. They better not put a bunch of these on the shelf. They should do what we talk yeah. about we're going to do through Acceler Comics in the future anyway. And have one of them just so people can test it out because that bad boy is going to get ruined, sure. you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I didn't put this on my list though because I can't. I I don't. It, I if if either one of you read this, and I want to hear how the heck this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's just sometimes even superheroes can get far fetched. I mean, how how are we going to have I don't know Superman and Godzilla and Batman yeah. and King? I mean, it's just this. I this this. This uh, crossover seems a bit too much for me, you know. <laughs> you, you, you guys delayed long enough. I was able to look it up. So the, our our pre order price would be eight eight ninety nine on these two. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, Acceler might have to buy a couple. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and we'll make sure they work before we try to sell them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right that's mine there right all right the first thing i have is the mysteries by bill watterson and john cash if you're not familiar with bill watterson which i'm surprised if you wouldn't be creator of calvin and hobbs notoriously much of a hermit he hasn't done anything since he ended this comic strip i don't believe um, and he's doing this weird book with a partner here. Um, and they both say that they're, you know, not using their usual styles. They're branching out and doing something different, but they're basically selling this as a fable for grownups. Um, and it's, uh, they send, I guess the basic gist of the plot is there's something horrible happening to this village. They send a bunch of knights out to, to investigate they don't they they're not coming back but eventually one does come back and you get to hear his story that's kind of i think how the how they're, how they're selling this book so i don't know it's 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 weird i've been seeing a little bit bits here and there for a couple months now and uh 
here it is uh, up for pre-order so it's Very a weird one yeah yep. yeah this looks interesting to me um are you down there pat i didn't want to yeah go ahead okay um yeah this looks really interesting to me so much so that i'm gonna cut in front of kevin i'm gonna add this because this was on my list as well <laughs> so this Perfect. is some i was wondering what the interior art looked like because obviously we know what waterson's art style is um so there's some interior pages um uh, i think it looks fantastic and this comes out a week before justice league godzilla king kong so I may end up spending the money on this <laughs> funny greeting card comic book. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was not in my wheelhouse. No, no triple crossover on this. One. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I'm sure it'd be cool. And I'd love to hear you guys talk about it. Well, so when you read it, I'd love to hear the story. <clears throat> All right. So. I think this is about as close as I got to. Uh, uh, maybe one more is is, is the same uh, distance from horror for me. Uh, but uh, Marvel Tales, Moon Knight, Werewolf by Night. This is obviously you know a reprint of Moon Knight twenty nine and thirty, which. Uh, I guess Werewolf by Night was kind of crazy, lost his mind. Oh, oh, and uh, oh, and uh, Mark Spector, Moon Knight, fifty-two and fifty-three, and Soul Avengers number three. There's a lot in here. Um, I want to check this out uh, just because I I said it when Werewolf by Night came out on Disney Plus that I'm gonna have to start checking out more Werewolf by Night stuff, and I'm already I've already been a fairly kind of lukewarm Moon Knight fan for a bit, so. Uh, this would definitely be something I'd I'd pick up too. Moon Knight versus War, War Werewolf by Night, Marvel Tales number one. And uh, speaking of Werewolf by Night, um, I just saw an advertisement that they're showing the the special, the black and white special from uh, Disney Plus. They're showing that at the Kennedy Center with a live orchestra doing the music. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So I have to look at the dates because. Uh, Kennedy Center is a really nice place, obviously. And that would be such a great event to go to. So um, anybody in the, you know, D.C. area, Maryland, Virginia, D.C. Yeah, that definitely seems. Fans. Yeah, that seems like it'd be cool. Yeah. So I'm going to look that up. I'll, I'll post some information on the Acceler page. Facebook. I think your grandpa was just chiming in about uh, this, this Moon Knight with Werewolf by Night. He thinks it's awesome. Is that what he was chiming in on, Karen? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you agreed. You get like Thanks four reprints. Sorry, sorry. You get you get like four reprints in one book there. So yeah, yeah. Like four or five. Yeah. Let me uh, jump on the werewolf by uh, night train here because okay. this this popped up. You guys, I I felt left out last month because you guys both spotlighted the werewolf by night book that comes out. Mm -hmm. actually in september but they adam hughes finally got his cover done there's his variant cover for worth by night notice yeah. the shirt elsa is wearing there do you get the reference hold up <laughs> i don't what's I don't. the reference um, i don't get it it's a take on the classic werewolves howling at the moon oh okay but this is the three werewolves howling at the moon instead of three wolves howling at the moon. 
Oh, oh, the classic T-shirt that you. Yes, to have exactly. Oh yeah, gotcha. Okay, okay. I thought it was really been like an old comic or something. Okay, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Very I, cool. That that knowing that now, that was my least favorite part of this cover. Like, man, it's just too busy right there. We've been better with just a black shirt. <laughs> now it makes sense. You need the yeah. context of everything. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> you said this is a. Who'd you say this was a cover? Adam Hughes. And yeah, I do. I think this might be. Uh, yeah, Adam Hughes is good. He's good. You, have you, you guys are familiar with him, right? Very. JK, obviously, I'm joking. That's a reference from a few episodes ago. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's anyway. the one with the long line that went past. Right. Uh, yeah, I know. no line. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is a great cover. Yeah. All right. Oh, so I'm up next. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have. Um, the Hunger and the Dusk number three. Now, the reason I'm putting this up, um, this is, oh, I forgot to write down the creator. Uh, G. Wheeler Wilson is the writer. Um, I don't recall the artist. Um, I read number one and Troy had recommended this for me. Um, so I got it and it's, it's so fantastic. Basically, we've got humans and orcs. Uh, they actually are rivals and they actually, they join forces to fight a common enemy that uh, is seems greater than both of them together. It's going to be kind of a tough battle for them. But uh, the first issue was fantastic. Uh, the quality of the book, um, the IDW puts this out, great paper quality. Uh, the artwork is fantastic. Um, G. Willow Wilson, is a, she's a really good writer. Um, and this is non-superhero. She did the, a lot of the superhero stuff. I think this is great. Chris Wild Goose. Okay, yeah. Um, and I like when the, the covers all have the same layout, like all, all, I think this is a mini series maybe also, but, uh, it has the same format, you know? So when you get them all together, it's very cohesive. I like stuff like that. So this is, this is definitely a recommend on, uh, going back and picking up issue one and two and continuing with issue three, which comes out October 11th. Is the common enemy Nosferatu? Son of a gun. Is it? No, <laughs> not that I know of. <laughs> It looks like it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But uh, no. Is it vampires at least? It's got to no. be. No. I mean, not that I saw in the first issue. I didn't get a whole lot of on who the actual common enemy is. Huh. That's where my money is. What about you, Pat? Don't you think so? Good. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> All right. What do you got, Pat? I've got the Marvel art of David Mack hardcover. It's a 200-page hardcover by Clover Press. Is it Clover Press? Yeah, Clover Press. Um, $75 retail. There's a direct market variant cover. Um, they, they, I think they crowdfunded this book. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm sure they did. And now it's coming to you know mass market retail, uh, available through previous orders. <laughs> uh, they, they, they. This is the first. In a series of books uh, that Clover Press is doing with Marvel, um, and I'm sure it's going to be spectacular. I mean, if you're a fan of David Mack art, uh, yeah, you might want to check this out. So I'm assuming you are, since you highlighted this one. Uh, right, we'll it's a it's a tough month, like Mike was saying. So I don't know if this will make my cut or not. But I mean, you like David? You're a David Mack fan. Yeah, I am a David Mack fan. Yeah. 
what would what would a, a novice like me be familiar with what David Mack has done? Spider-Man, Daredevil, Electra. When? 90s? When Mainly cover. I, I don't know. Mainly cover work, but he did do interiors for Daredevil. He created Kabuki, co-created Kabuki. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, I'm sorry, not Kabuki. He did he created Kabuki all on his own, but he co-created Echo, the yeah. Daredevil yeah. character. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he followed the... uh um, sorry. He followed uh was it Joe Quesada and Palmiotti on the Daredevil run that Kevin yeah, Smith wrote? Bendis, I think he, yeah. Yeah, the Bendis. Style. Yeah, he, he followed that. And he did it. He did quite a few there. Yeah. yeah. I actually have an old Dracula book that he did um, signed by him. And the picture of him in the back, he's got long hair and everything. It's so funny <laughs> what he looked like way back then. Well, it could just be my memory failing again, but yeah, I saw these and I, they look awesome. Yeah. And like you said, it had like four or five of them in there, right? Yeah. Well, actually we'll, we'll, I'll just go ahead and go along with that. They, well, this, they show two covers for this, the, the, the regular edition and then the direct market edition, which I believe was Daredevil. I don't have it with me here, but there are also two separate portfolios, which is probably what you were seeing, Kevin. One, oh, okay, is, yeah. one is a straight out Marvel art portfolio um and those are 12 plates in a plastic portfolio dealio and they're 50 bucks each for these two this one and the daredevil one so yeah there's a lot of they're putting out a lot of uh it's tough they're probably it to me it's like man stagger it why put all wait wait till next month and put out the portfolios even two months in a row with the portfolios instead of putting everything all in the same month. <laughs> right, right. You know, if you're, if you're a David, David Mackin, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a tough month. <laughs> right. Yep. Stagger that a little bit, man. Right. Yeah, it's like uh, Mactober, Broketober. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, those are awesome, talking, though. And this is, this is I mean, they, they, it looks really nice. Um, all their product looks really nice, but we'll, we'll you know, it, it's an un, it's kind of an unknown because they're new to this. And uh, uh, but it, it, it looks great. I, I even like the the foil edge on the cover there. It makes it look yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. This looks like it's is only his Marvel work. Yeah, that's that's the problem. If you're mm-hmm. if you want an overall encompassing David Mack art book, this is just going to have the Marvel stuff. Yeah, I was getting his American Gods variants. I like those. All right, awesome. All right, next up for me is uh, Alien Volume 1 Thaw Trade Paperback. Uh, This is written by Declan Shalvey and Andrea Ricardo. And, uh, you know, just reading, I mean, it's alien. I'm a big alien fan to begin with. And then just reading about it. Um, <laughs> it takes place, uh, in a frozen tundra area. Uh, lady, uh, is digging uh, scientists, you know, of course, digging through ice to study water conservation stuff. And, uh, I'd imagine they uncover an alien. So, you know, which is kind of, uh, 
same old story, you know, and then, uh, you know, just living after that point, I'm sure. So this, uh, and it looks cool. Uh, this covers by Dyke Ruin. So it looks awesome. So is that, a, is that an original graphic novel or is that a trade? As far as it says trade paperback, but it seemed like an original story and it doesn't list. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, it does. The 2023 Alien 1 through 5. Yeah. So these are the books that I thought I was reviewing when I was reviewing the older one. Remember when that happened, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah these are reprints. Good. Yeah, yeah. All right, next up, I have, speaking of, uh, yeah, this is cool. The horror stuff. Um, Boris Karloff's Gold Key Mysteries. So the volume one um, ran from 1962 to 1980, and it was 97 issues. Um, this is a new ongoing anthology series. Uh, this uh, issue number one comes out October 18th, and this is from Gold Key, and I am all over this one. This looks exciting. So there, I, I did get some of the horror stuff from October. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say, are you sure you didn't notice? Well, I did notice. It's just the way you were talking. I was going to give it like talking. one or two. It's just the way you were talking. It seemed like there was a whole like section that I completely missed. But uh, Oh, no. I just felt like 75% of the book ah. had some type of horror book sprinkled right. throughout. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know what's funny? I love the look of the Archie horror stuff, <laughs> but I never get any of it. Uh, but this looks great. I'm, I'm excited. I don't have any of the, the original series. I think there may have been two two or three volumes of it throughout the years. But, I mean, this one ran for 62 to 80. I don't have any of these. Because I don't find them in dollar bins. <laughs> That's right. where I spend most of my time. So. Yeah, this is perfect for that kind of thing. Which I have something to say about that later, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the gold the gold key stuff is is in a way sort of what got me into comics because my mom would pick up stuff like this, mm -hmm. and she just have it sitting around the house, and I'd pick it up and read it. And, and, and gold key sort of became sort of like that lesser lesser than comics I always kind of looked down on when I was first starting collecting because you know they'd be yeah. weird books like this, and I, you know at the time I was a kid and I wasn't into this kind of stuff. I was like, what? The yeah. Hell? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it is interesting, the, the long history they have, it, it, it's enticing. I, I wish I had the name of the, general, the artist on the tip of my tongue. We kind of talked about it in the Acceler group. They're doing a, uh, a hardcover collection of all his artwork. Um, and he, he's done a wide array of, of covers for Gold Key. And uh, it's, it's just sort of one of those overlooked spots in mm -hmm. uh, my collecting history where I, you know, like I said, I kind of looked look down on it. I was like, that's not for me. But yeah, I, I noticed this. And the only the only thing I, I, I thought about this book was I wish they would have put some like high profile creators attached to this book. You know, I, I didn't recognize yeah. any of the names or anything. Yep. Yeah. yeah, at least draw some attention to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Well, I'm getting it and I'll probably review this one when I get it. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Okay, back back in the pandemic era, uh, Mike Mignola was doing sketches for charity, um, just whatever he wanted to draw. And one of the characters that 
is coming out of that is giant robot Hellboy. Um, <laughs> it was it was just a goofy thing he decided to draw, uh, and everybody dug it. And now it, it's going to be canon. Um, he's he's they're setting a story. I can't remember what year it takes place. Maybe maybe in the sixties or seventies. Uh, where they're they're writing a story around it, and it's it's going to be written by Mike and drawn by um, Duncan Figredo, who is uh, you know one of the more prominent Hellboy artists that, is, that have stepped in in place of Mike over the years, and he hasn't done anything in, in a few years, um, so it's good to see him come back and do a book. This is a three issue miniseries. Um, this is cover A by Duncan. And we also have cover B by Mike Mignola. So I will probably order both covers because, uh, because yeah, <laughs> uh, cover A is really fantastic. Yeah. They're there. I, but I, I enjoy It's It's weird. When they first announced Duncan, I was familiar with his work uh, previously, but I, I couldn't see him in the Hellboy universe. But, but once he stepped in and did the book, uh, it, it's crazy because he he's he's definitely not Mike Mignola, but he's his own artist. But it, the sensibilities are still there, and he 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 fit so well within the universe. I I wish he could do more work uh, for Mike, but uh, I'm glad to get a little bit. And, and I never in a million years would have expected they actually did a book based on this crazy uh, one-off yeah. sketch that he did. Well, I can't wait to hear how the heck this is going <laughs> to come together, right? I, I can't yeah. wait for the, the robot Hellboy versus Mechagodzilla. Right. Mecha Kong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, just take it the next step, Mike. I can't wait for the Godzilla versus King Kong versus Justice League of America versus <laughs> X-Men versus giant robot, robot Hellboy crossover. Actually, it, 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 giant. right. When I do get this book and I and if I review it, I'll have to dig it out. I know I, I I I'm pretty sure Art Adams did a sketch of giant robot Hellboy fighting Mechacon. Ah. Pretty sure. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Of course he did. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. All right. Um. So my next one is Cap Wolf. And the Howling Commandos, number one. Was this on your list, Pat? Is this a crossover? No, I, as soon as I saw it, uh, I was like, uh, hey, there's Cap Wolf, Cap Wolf that we talked about. Yeah, exactly. Past. I don't I don't really, I'm not familiar with Cap Wolf at all. And this is original. This is the original story, as far as I know, right? I'm not, everything I read about it, it's, I was just double checking myself as you were talking to the last one because, uh, I misspoke on the alien, but this totally seems like original, uh, original story. And there's a wraparound hidden gem variant cover by Jack Kirby too. I couldn't find that. Um, probably he's not showing it, but you know, um, the first time I had the exposure to Cap Wolf was I can't remember whether it was you showing something on Collectibles on the Horizon or uh, Ty bought me a Captain America that had a the Cap Wolf head interchangeable and you pointed it out to me then but uh i wasn't reading captain america then so i'm not familiar with it at all and and i'm ready to dive in especially since this is the original story and and see uh if i agree with or disagree with didn't you say uh people were conflicted as to what they thought of this what it was 
actually yeah. originally happening? Yeah, he he definitely has his following. A lot of people either thought it was ridiculous or they loved it. You know? Yeah. Well, I've, we'll I've see. Got the, I've got the cover because this was this was my next one. Um, so I've got the his first appearance was in uh, Captain America four hundred five. Nice. So, um, the 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 I, I, this looks interesting to me. I, I was kind of going to pass on it when it was, but Marcus saw the cover and he's like, "Yeah, oh, that's great. You got to get that." Because I think Stephanie Phillips is the writer. Yeah. So I I, I don't think she's a great writer. Um, so we'll see. But I'm still going to give it a chance. This is definitely a great Ryan Brown cover. Yeah, it is. I like that cover a lot. Yeah, I've got uh, if I can show this, I've got the Gary Frank cover as well. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, there you go. That is, that's a cool one. Well, that was my next one. So, uh, Patrick is up. Okay. And this is like you said, this is original story, and this one is set uh, during World War II. Yeah. So it's not even set in current times. So who knows what's going to happen? Right. You got pet. All right. Um. Got another dark horse, heart, dark horse book. This is Canary by Scott Snyder and Dan Pinocean. Um, they're categorizing this as a horror western. Um, I didn't read too much up into it. Uh, I, they show a lot of preview pages in in the in the previews, and it looks it looks really good. Uh, I think the combination of Snyder uh, with the artwork that I already like, you know, from Dan. Um, I will most likely go in for this one. There's a lot of variant covers too. Um, this is the A cover. Uh, it's a. I don't. I don't know. I thought I had it written down. Was it, if it's a limited series? I'm sure it's probably. They didn't say it was a one shot or anything, so I'm assuming it's a series. We'll see, I don't. I don't know how long it's going to run though. But uh, yeah, I think I'm on board for this one. Yeah, that sounds good. Horror western. Okay. Yeah, I figured you, I figured you'd be interested. <laughs> yeah. I almost put this one on my list, but I went with the uh, Cap Wolf because. <laughs> so either way, I was going to double up with someone. <laughs> yeah. All right. So is that me again then? Huh. Okay. Yeah. So this is uh, you know something that I'm sure everyone's familiar with, uh, but I wanted to kind of chime in to something we already talked about for a minute that I wanted to. I said I wanted to mention uh, later. Uh, but this Dark Knight Death Metal <clears throat> Omnibus, and you know we've had a history of conversation as you know I'm sure all collectors that are friends with each other you know about the whole competition between collecting trades and omnibuses versus singles and yada yada you know and uh just recently i decided one of the ways that i was going to kind of purge my collection to have it more controllable and smaller since i'm focused more on reading than ever is to uh purge all my batman <clears throat> that wasn't main batman or detective comics titles literally all of it which included death metal which this was probably my toughest you know i had to really be like okay you're going to do it or you're not going to do it kevin kind of thing you know and uh, i'm like i'm going to do it so i took out my death metal i actually sold some death metal on the whatnot show a, few, a couple weeks ago 
Um, and I've got more uh, on the next show too uh, because I definitely decided I'm purging from them. Um, so then I, when I saw this in here, I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm heading down that road, you know? Because I never got a chance to read this and I really wanted to. And obviously, in my opinion, it looks great. And uh, I was happy to see that this is going to be an omnibus. And this is going to collect not only all of death metals, but then all of the uh, variant, you know, or not variants, but, uh, you know, the crossovers, you know, the... The one shots, right? Yeah, with all yeah. the other... And the, not only the one shots that were kind of separate, but then the crossovers during the other regular titles, the death metal tie-ins oh, right. they used yeah. to have on the... It's going to have it all in here, so... This would uh, this would definitely be something if I could uh, handle dropping what this would probably cost. Uh, I don't have it here actually. I thought I did um, what the what the cost on this one is, but I'm sure it's not going to be cheap. So uh, you know, if I could afford to drop it, which I which I might just wait till it gets cheaper. But uh, but I definitely want to have this someday for sure. So, but anyway, that's my next one. Yep. Well, I'm out because I doubled up on you and Patrick. <laughs> Oh, daggum. I still got like five left. You got five left too, Pat? Yeah. I thought we did. I thought we were breaking it down to five. Yeah, I, I remember you saying that before we started. But uh, yeah, I, we, we talked about some stuff, but I don't think we ever oh. decided on that. It well, you guys matter. may not have decided, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I'm remembering that now too, but I totally forgot. I went with 10 still. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Yeah, I think I don't think we ever decided that for sure, but apparently, yeah, you did. So you know, I thought we kind of just left it like you kind of leave it to how how it goes personally. You know, if you have if you have ten, we don't want to go over ten, but the, oh, that's true. I think yeah, that's what the final uh, decision marker was. Yeah, because I because I like I, last month I only had like five, so yeah, yeah it's just the way it goes. Right. Okay. Well, there's no wrong way to do this. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> oh, I so this is. See that. Yeah, this is Richard Stark's Parker, uh, the complete collection by Darwin Cook. This is the trade paperback version, and it's going to come in at 70 bucks. There's a lot there in your 70 bucks because this collects uh, all four stories and two short stories. Uh, the, the intent, if you're not familiar, uh, Darwin Cook set out to adapt all of Richard Stark's Parker books, uh, which were novels, into graphic novel form. Uh, unfortunately, he only got four done before he passed away. Uh, but they they are just terrific. Um, I love them. I have them in individual hardcovers. Uh, so this this isn't something I would go for. Uh, but I just want to bring people's attention to it if they have not tried it. Uh, they're they're so good. I wish he could have done more. I wish he could. I wish he was still around to do any comic work whatsoever. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's, it's it's really weird. I have you know I have the four main stories, but I have yet to read the last one. It's weird because I it's just like I, I know when I read that last one, you know it's 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 over. You know I, there's no more uh, Darwin Cook coming, and I just kind of just it just sits on my shelf. It's kind of weird, but <laughs> I should really get to do reading it. You, uh, so you kind of don't want to get to doing it because yeah, it's, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. that makes it's sense. Just, it's a weird thing, uh, but it's it's they they were so good. The the short stories 
uh, were good. Uh, the artwork's phenomenal, and he's adapting really uh, cool stories from Richard Stark. Um, so, in some way, whether it's this trade paperback or go out and seek out, the, you know, the Hunter, which is the first book, um, it's it's worth your while to, to test it out and see if it's up your alley. Uh, but here, here we have uh, all four collected by IDW in trade paperback form. Would you say seventy? Yeah, yeah, that looks great. All right, it's it's kind of weird. You uh, you went with that one, um, not weird, but just kind of a coincidence because my next one is is also uh, a comic adaptation to novels that I didn't know existed. So I've just recently kind of started collecting Elric. I don't know if you're familiar with Elric. He's like a he's like a elf, you know. And uh, I've just been collecting some Elric comics. I haven't even gotten around to reading them yet. Uh, again, Troy from our store, he told me he likes them a lot too, and it looked cool. So that's why I started grabbing them. And then I saw this, and this is actually the comic adaptation of all of the Elric of Melnabone. I might be mispronouncing that uh, novels uh, by Michael Moorcock, um, and uh, I mean this is beautiful. And this is this is oversized deluxe edition, supersized deluxe edition too. Um, so and, and it's got. I actually should have probably added some pictures of the interiors because it has some interiors in the uh, in the previous book too, and it's it's kind of old school pirate time kind of in elves and uh, you know, it, it, it just looks really cool. So um, I wanted to grab this too. If, uh, and this is only 30 bucks for an oversized deluxe edition too. So almost uh, you know, the same price as getting two, you know, special effect uh, comic books these days. So, you know, why, why not? So, right. Yeah. El Elric's always been one of those intimidating uh, properties for me. You know, it, it seems like a lot of, there's a lot of comic creators out there that hold Elric in high regard, all Michael Moorcock stuff in high regard. Okay. Uh, like Walt Walt Simonson is a huge fan. He actually got to do some adaptation work uh, for some of the stories, but it's always been so intimidating, confusing. The licenses bounce back and forth, company here, company there. And it's like one of those things you just don't, I never know where to start. So I just kind of kept away. Gotcha. Well, this I didn't even. Did you know it was a novel too, or just comics? Yeah, yeah you yeah. know it was a novel. Okay. All right, what you got? Uh, uh, we have Jonathan Hickman back in the Marvel Universe with the series Gods. Looks like an, you know, an acronym for something. Uh, number one, uh, six dollar book by Jonathan Hickman and Valerio Shiti. Uh, I they have some preview pages in the Marvel previews book and. It, it's Jonathan. I I like anything Jonathan Hickman does in the Marvel universe. Uh, we'll see that coming up and get it, forget it. Uh, but he's they're they're doing something here. It's sort of like the, with the mystical realm. Doctor Strange is involved. Um, so it's it's definitely put on my radar. It's, I'm definitely going to pre-order this one. I always like his you know world building, over ambitious. Sometimes people think uh, writing style and. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this one, even though it's not the biggest Doctor Strange fan. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's primarily focused on him and his cast of characters, but it's Jonathan Hickman. So we'll see how it goes. 
I read a little bit about this and this, you're funny you're saying about how it's an acronym. I was totally under that assumption too, but I was trying to read what it was an acronym for. I couldn't find it either. Did you see the that acronym. one, Mike? I saw this, but I yeah, I don't I didn't see any acronym as well. And then I thought I read too that uh Doctor Strange is just the focus of the first one. Yeah, that might be true, Kevin. Yeah. All right. Um <clears throat> Again, you know, I like lead-ins, and I and I think this is another good coincidental uh, lead-in from something you just said um, about where to dive in with Elric. So my next one is the New Golden Ages, uh, Alan Scott, the Green Lantern number one. So I have never read a Green Lantern book. <clears throat> Pretty much the only exposure I've had from Green Lantern is like in Justice League cartoons. And of course, you know, the, the movie that is a waste of time. Um, and of course we have somebody in our group that's a huge Green Lantern fan. And I've always kind of felt bad that I knew nothing whenever this topic came up. So I figured what better time to dive in than uh, this is uh, this is a original story of the early days of the golden age of Green Lantern, right? So it's yep. written by Tim Sheridan with art by Clan Tormy. And this is a David Tolosky cover. And there's a Snyder cover and there's a foil variant of this cover as well. So I figured this would be as good a spot as any for me to uh, kind of learn maybe things I uh, wish I would have known a while ago about uh, Green Lantern. Have you guys ever read a Green Lantern book? Yeah. I have I've I've never been drawn to Green Lantern. I mean, it's it's a weird thing. He's cool though. Yeah, he's cool looking, and, and yeah. the, the concept is cool and stuff. And yeah. uh, like I said, New York Mike's a big fan, and you know, I remember he, he was always buying Green Lantern. I'm just <laughs> right, right, <dude. laughs> right. So that's what I got. What you got, Pat? Uh, this is just a real quick hit. This is uh this probably i'm assuming this is wrapping up uh events from ultimate invasion which i'll talk about again like i said and get it forget it um this is a one shot uh by <clears throat> jonathan hickman and stefan caselli um i think it sort of is sort of like the prologue to uh the series i'm currently reading the ultimate invasion but i just wanted to highlight it real quick because i'm enjoying as you'll see the ultimate invasion book um so just a quick hit on that one. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll do that same thing too as far as quick hits are concerned because, yeah, my last two or three were basically just cover picks because um, I saw this uh, Supergirl special number one and this is by, this is a variant cover by Will Jack and I might be showing my naivete here again. Should I know Will Jack? <laughs> Not familiar. I'm not familiar as well. Okay, cool. I'm not I'm not ignorant this time. Okay, good. This is gorgeous, right? <laughs> yeah, I like that one. And then uh the uh the other one, and this is a little bit of uh a shout out for Tyler too. I think he mentioned about Carnage number one coming out. Uh so this is just a uh a variant cover. Carnage number one, uh, Marco Mastrazzo variant, and it looks sick too. So, anyway, just throwing in a couple variant covers. That's what I was rounding up my 10 anyway. Did you have anything, any other ones, Pat? Yep, I have one last thing. 
I'm right. surprised Mike didn't have this one on his list. <clears throat> this is from Magnetic Press. These are adaptations of oh, Dracula oh. and Frankenstein by George's Bess. Um, this was uh, sort of a, this this was a again a crowdfunded uh, endeavor, and now it's seeing uh, regular retail release. So you're not going to get that cover that slip cover on the right hand side. There is uh, was exclusive to the campaign, um, but I, I've looked into this a little bit. You can't really get a good. I I, I thought this might happen because you know it's a, it's portrait. You can't really see what's going on there. But they're like they look like very high quality um, presentations. They're they're black and white. They're the double page spread from previews. You can start to see a little bit of the artwork there, and it looks really, really good. Um, they are thirty five dollars each, which I think is pretty decent for these uh, deluxe hardcover uh, treatments. Um, and then we can run through some artwork real quick that they just showed. It just looks uh, really awesome. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, completely. Tom Glancy, those <laughs> just didn't. I said, wow, those are good. Again, I wish both of them weren't coming out in the same month, <laughs> right? Those look like things that you can find later on on Amazon, though. You know, definitely true, Mike. I would, I would agree with you there. Um, it, uh, but again, you might get a better pre-order price. Right. Your 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 ordering outlets than Amazon, but yeah, it's definitely something that could possibly wait because I think it would stay in print. Um, but yeah, they look they look really cool. I you know just doing some digging on George's best, who I was not familiar with. Uh, he, you know, he's a foreign artist. I think he's from France or Italy. Um, but it's he's he's really he's a really good artist, uh, and it. I, I guess uh, briefly what, what I read was they they've done some additions with some sort of uh, computer uh, shading and things like that for the for the regular releases of these in, in their home countries, but here they've taken all that out and this is just back to the 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 straight you know black and white artwork that he, George's best created for the, for these editions and uh, it, they look really nice. Again, they they. They talk about the gilded edges with the foil. I think the Frankenstein has, or the Dracula has red, and the Frankenstein is silver. They just look uh, really cool. But uh, another uh, expensive item for your previous yeah. previews this this month. <laughs> yeah, those look good. Well, that's awesome. <clears throat> um. So Mike mentioning he Tom Glancy'd those. That's another thing I'll just mention too. This is one of the reasons I love the previews, previews, because I swore I I could swear I scrutinized every page of that guide and you had like three or four things. I'm like, man, I didn't even see that. I still uh, yeah. it's so crazy. So, you know, hopefully we're helping people see things that even if they have um, obviously all of the tendencies we do to try to look into what's coming uh, that maybe they missed as well. So hopefully we can help uh, everybody maybe uh, find the little diamond in the rough they weren't aware of. So it's very cool. Very cool. I hope you all spend your money. <laughs> well, we have to, if we keep one coming, right? 
Right. And you guys are mentioning about finding it on Amazon later or whatever. Yeah, it seems like 95% of everything you can find later cheaper. But, uh, you know, got to buy the new stuff sometimes to keep it coming, right? Don't want to just go for all the aftermarket cheap stuff and then they'll give up on us, you know? Right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what do you mean you guess? That's totally logical uh, thought process there, Mike. You're right. I was looking, I was scrolling through my pictures and uh, half-heartedly listening. So I half-heartedly answered, yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Right, Pat? That's right, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Tune in uh, four weeks again uh, for the next segment. Uh, and maybe it'll only have 15 instead of uh, 25 that time, you know. But that's what else is cool about it, too. The fact that there was 25 different that we only crossed over, I think, three times this time. That's what else is uh, great about previous preview for me, too, as well. So, anyway, yeah. great stuff. All right. You ready to get some other great stuff out? Sure. All right. And I, I, I use great stuff loosely on that. Don't that wasn't kind of any kind of foreshadowing for my segment here. Um, but uh, anyway, I just wanted to uh, start out real slow with this one. Um, I mentioned this before: the rig on Amazon Prime Video. Um, I had watched, I think, like maybe the first three or four episodes, and I mentioned it before. I finished the uh, first season of the rig <laughs> karen's giving me a thumbs down what does that mean karen did you watch it and you didn't like it she just give me head signals because and the podcasters can't hear that you should give me some did you like it karen yes uh yay or or boo or whatever okay karen thinks the rig is a fail um so just to, just to recap real quick what it's about, it's, it takes place on an oil rig, very supernaturally, kind of uh, a Stranger Things verse, or, or kind of combined with The Mist, Stephen King's The Mist, if you're familiar with that kind of feel to this show. Um, I'm, I'm going to actually disagree with Karen um, that I thought this was okay overall. Um, it's nothing special, nothing to get to, but if you... You're just looking for something to, you know, check out to pass the time. Maybe someone else might love this. Uh, but from what I can tell, there's a season two coming of this. And I thought it was pretty interesting because this definitely season one ends on a nice spot. Uh, we, we're kind of following this story arc uh, at this one rig. And at the end of the season, all hell kind of takes out this rig like it might be hell who knows uh literally takes out this rig at the end of it and uh a few of them from the crew are surviving on a helicopter leaving <clears throat> and the very last thing we find out at the end of the season is they think they're headed home um and someone on the helicopter says uh home doesn't exist anymore we're we're not headed home and they're all like wait where are we headed and then that's literally how the season ends <laughs> so well, they're headed to another rig. <laughs> well, you know, they're, they they have contact with all the rigs around them of the same corporation. Maybe they could be heading to another uh, rig that's uh, 
for a different corporation, but it's supposedly they were the last rig of this, their corporation mm. of oil people, whatever, but you know. Well, the whole, uh, the whole uh, idea that everything else out there doesn't exist, that's very interesting. That's compelling. Right, yeah. That's, that's going to draw me in to want to watch this then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and especially me to get to check out season two. It totally, they, they did it right, in my opinion. And like I said, you know, I, I can't remember exactly the rating I gave when I watched two or three episodes in. I thought I was feeling okay about it. So I'll, I'll give this overall season a seven, 7.5 bags of popcorn. Mm -hmm. um, definitely not bad at all. Just nothing special. Um, some pretty prominent actor and actresses you'd be familiar with in this one as well so uh, check it out the rig on uh, amazon prime uh with hopefully season two coming out soon so well if it hasn't been filmed yet it's gonna be a while yeah oh yeah yeah that whole thing as well yeah we haven't even talked about the uh what the sag afro yeah. strike right yeah yeah so then i checked out c and that is spelled s-e-e -E, like site c on apple tv um you know i've had i've actually had this in, on my watch list for some time now um and then i finally got around to it of course I'll, i'm going to describe it here but there's actually three seasons of c out already as well uh this stars uh jason momoa jay it's jason right yeah yeah uh of aquaman and uh, game of thrones fame uh and this is really interesting. I, I literally, I think I just put this on my watch list because the trailer seemed cool, but I really didn't know exactly where it was going until I watched it. All right, Mike, you ready for this? Yep. All right, this takes place, uh, and if anyone, any of this specifically is inaccurate, the overall gist is good. Um, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll admit that maybe I may have, like, for example, I'm going to say this is like 2,000 years after a major pandemic happens in the world, uh, and like I said, it might not be 2,000 years, but it's a long, long time. For long enough time for generations and generations and generations that have passed. Because when this major pandemic struck the world, all but 2 million human beings died. That's all that survived this pandemic on the entire planet. And then, of course, we're spread out over the entire planet. So humans are really thin everywhere, essentially. Um, and then the other effect besides for killing a whole bunch of people, uh, that happened with the pandemic is it also made everyone blind. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then get this too, Mike, it blindness apparently becomes hereditary because like I said, this is 2000 years later. Everybody that's around 2,000 years later, and I shouldn't probably say 2,000 years over and over again in case that's wrong. However long it is mm -hmm. since the pandemic and to where the show is, everyone's blind. It not only made the people that existed then blind, like I said, it became a hereditary thing where every baby born was born blind from that point on. So every human being on the planet is blind at this point to such a point that... You know, it's been passed down through the generations that, uh, you know, people used to be able to see, but it seems to be so unbelievable. It's actually, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, taboo to talk about it or say it. Ah, so, great. yeah, like the leaders of the way the world is now, they, they actually, it's punishable by death to suggest that people can see, talk about it, or 
especially if you give any kind of indications that you can see it. Like, even if you'd go like, wow, I think I see a light, you know, that there's any indication that sight is coming back. They'll kill you. Like it's, 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 it's evil witchery essentially, you know? So let me guess there's some child born somewhere that can see and they have to, they hide it. Mike, I think I called you the soothsayer and sage a couple of weeks ago. There you go, Mike. Exactly. So Jason Momoa's tribe, there's, this is kind of, you know, it, 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 this plays out kind of real, uh, you know, what sort of looking for kind of caveman times, you know, mm-hmm. people, are, people are like, you know, living in caves and, and their weapons are sticks and arrows yeah. and stuff, you know, so you can't, you can't build a skyscraper, <laughs> which is really crazy watching it because that's how all the characters are in this show. But skyscrapers are everywhere, you know, like they're old rotting skyscrapers right, from right. generations ago, mm-hmm. but they exist, you know, yeah. so we're seeing this world that is a post-apocalyptic world, the world we know, while all these blind people are living in it. And you know what's interesting? You might not even thought of yet, Mike. Uh, wait to see a few blind folk, you know, get into a battle. <laughs> it's it's really... like the, the videos where they put the little rubber chickens on their feet and they're all blindfolded. And one right. guy has a stick and the other ones are trying to avoid them. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, one of the guys could see in that video. No one can see in this. So, like, everybody's swinging around where they hear, while everybody's also avoiding and trying to be intuitive as to where things swung at them. It's like, yeah. but I'll say this: it's done well. If you can imagine, if you can imagine all of that being done well, that's what this show is. Okay. <laughs> but you nailed it on the head, Mike. That uh, um, Jason Momoa finds this girl and this actually happens before the first episode even starts they kind of explain this to us with credits and stuff where jason momoa finds this girl and he's the leader of his tribe uh and he decides for some unknown reason well she's kind of cute that he's gonna take her into the tribe and the tribe doesn't want to accept her at all because she's an outsider right. um so jason momoa decides i'm just gonna marry her so you all accept her so she's not blonde with dragons is she <laughs> she is a little she's blonde i didn't even put that together but yeah she does kind of look like uh what's her name from uh from game of thrones game but anyway thrones. she's definitely a petite blonde lady um but of course she's blind too but she's pregnant and jason and Mo actually knew this um i think maybe that was part of the reason why the tribe didn't want to accept her too because she was pregnant with she was not only an outsider but she's pregnant with an outsider's baby blah 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 you know right uh, so Jason Momoa marries her. She becomes the essentially the queen of their tribe or whatever. And then she ends up having twins. Cool. Two babies, a boy and a girl. And just like you said, Mike, they both can see. Okay. So, of course, that makes things complicated, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. uh, but uh, Jason Momoa is great in this. Uh, pretty much everybody's great in this. There's a, there's a couple other familiar actors and actresses that I, I can't really cite off right now too. I hate when I do that. Sorry. I fail you guys all the time. Um, but, uh, but this is, this is really interesting. I, I watched the entire first season and essentially what the first season entails is, uh, the, the two, the two kids that can see, uh, are basically hidden, uh, and not allowed to talk about it and not allowed to act like they can see, until they're 12 and then once they're 12 
they go off on this quest to find their father, their actual father, which is ironic too. Jason Momoa actually is their, you know, stepdad, and he leads this quest to find their actual father. So that's kind of interesting too. And and all kinds of craziness plays out. You know, of course, there's an evil queen of the realm um, that's actually in love with a major character that's part of Jason Momoa's life. That's kind of sends out this general, and wait, you see a bunch of dudes ride on horseback across the prairie at full speed when they're all blind too. It's all <laughs> this. This show's nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Funny. There's so many jokes I can make about all this. I, I'm envisioning them just like, all right, I'll meet you, and they all just go, and they're all going. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't make jokes like that. No, yeah, like I said though. It's very clever how all of it's done. It's totally believable uh, with the way that it all plays out. Very interesting. I thought the story is is definitely compelling, and uh, you know, I was like I said, I binged the whole first season because I kept, you know, I want to know where, what, what, what. You know how it goes after yeah. oh, yeah. you get into a good series, you know. Yep. <clears throat> so I'm definitely going to be diving into uh, season two here soon, uh, but check out. Uh, C S E E on uh, Apple TV. Uh, there's already there's already three seasons out. Check it out. Nice. Oh, give I'll give uh, season one a good eight eight point five bags popcorn. Okay. Excuse. Then I finally got around to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Where's everybody else on this? Pat, you saw it already. Yeah. Mike. Absolutely. Watched All it. right. Yeah, What'd you say? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, good, good, good. All right. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear everybody else's input before I say anything. Pat, I think I think you may have uh, mentioned something you or about it already. So just kind of recap for us or, or remind us what you thought of it, Pat. Uh, yeah, I saw it in theaters a few months ago. I I, I really liked it. I think I gave it like an eight, eight and a half. Mike, yeah, I liked it. The whole family liked it. Um, I, I think it was. Uh, I like. I still like the first. The first Guardians was the best one, um, and I think I liked this one better than the second one. Um, yeah, so this one was good. A lot of sad stuff, obviously, with <laughs> Rocket. That, that's that's what I was going to ask you, Pat. Where does this lay in your? If you put your favorite to your least favorite Guardians of the Galaxy movie in order. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while since I've seen the first one. I, I I know the second one was sort of the weaker one. Yeah, I, I probably just like Mike, you know, really when I think about it. But I'd have to watch that first one again. It's been a while. Gotcha. Okay, so it doesn't sound like we're all too uh, too far off of each other on this one. Other than I'll start off by saying that I think this went this this is going just in order for me. I think the first one's the best. I think I like the second one um, better than this one, and then uh, and then this one, which I liked, uh, but <laughs> got a couple <laughs> axes to grind here. So first of all, I just want to say this: so the second one I think fell off in my opinion because I thought it was very interesting, and then it kind of fell off. The way I remember it, again, we haven't seen 
even the second one's yeah. been a while since I saw it the last time. The way I'm remembering, I think it kind of fell off at the end for me, which of course I always say the endings mean so much to me. So that's why I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as the first one. Um, and then this one is actually the opposite for me. I was feeling extremely disappointed for about the first half of this. Um, I thought it was failing to be, and this is the way my wife put it, so I'm going to quote her, um, the the charming guardians that uh, I've known and loved for obviously a long time now, I thought it was failing to be them. You could definitely feel like it was trying to be them and, you know, trying to capture this, you know, again, guardians charm that it's always had, but I felt like for the first hour of this one or so, that uh, it really wasn't doing it for me. And and Mike, you mentioned how this one was sad. And if anybody that hasn't seen it yet, uh, isn't a big spoiler, but you know, there's, there's a lot of raccoon or rocket raccoon sadness in this. It does a lot of uh, giving us a lot of a rocket history. I'd say, would you guys agree if I said, uh, you know, probably half of this movie is about rockets history, right? Yeah. You get a lot of backstory. Yeah. Which, uh, which kind of takes you away from, again, the, the, the charm of the Guardians, you know? it. There's a lot of this movie that doesn't have the Guardians in it. It's, it's got Rocket, you know? just It's just Rocket story. Um, but then also, too, like I said, it, it was failing when it was trying. You could tell it was trying to be a typical Guardians stuff. But uh, uh, then we get, it, we get closer to the end, and... This one really started to pay off for me. I started to like it as much as as the others. So again, with a, with a good ending, redeeming itself a bit. Um, so I so I still enjoyed it, but uh, like I said, it wasn't just wasn't uh, is my favorite. I'm still I'm still not all in on the beefy Groot, <laughs> you know, real thick muscular Groot. Uh, that, that's still like I was essentially distracted by that the entire movie that it just still doesn't match for me yet where are you guys on that you guys down with the with the muscle group now Mike um, no I don't like this group design um, yeah I like the first one uh, the best I, I wasn't even a fan of like the, the teenage group <laughs> <laughs> so baby Groot and the first oh. Groot are good ones yeah, I mean the the I'm trying to remember, you know, the end. I think the end he was pretty awesome. I'm almost positive it was at the end. Didn't get well, real he, crazy. He became a giant group. So yeah. so he kind of became the same volume of group, but they just stretched him out. Yeah. So he he looked more like thin group, right, Pat? Yeah, if I remember remembering correctly. Where well, are you on the like some group? guy, some guy in a muscle group suit? Yeah, yeah. I remember going in and coming off of the Christmas special and seeing a little bit of advanced stuff for three. I was a little worried, but I, it, it I didn't seem. I, I totally didn't bother me at all for this one. I don't think. So you're used to it, essentially. I right? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with with what everything you said, Mike. Um, and yeah, when he became giant Groot, which essentially stretched him out, so he looked more like the old Groot. I liked him the most uh, as well in this movie in particular. And then I liked Cosmo uh, was great in this, you know, it was Cosmo. The dog was a lot of fun. And um, Adam Warlock though, uh, Pat, what do you have to say about Adam Warlock? Um, wasn't really necessary. I think it was because 
he needed to wrap his story up you know he kind of they introduced him and they didn't know what really what to do with him and i don't think they really used him that well honestly yeah i agree with that uh, mike do you have an opinion about the whole adam warlock thing yeah i agree i think he was the weakest part of the whole movie and not like pat said not really necessary at it um and also disappointed because you know i he seemed kind of a joke character in there where you know like two left feet you know it just i, I always imagine him just a lot more powerful and a lot more serious right together yeah yeah not not kind of buffoon like and that's the way it seemed to come off to me so i think he was the weakest part of the show the movie yeah um and i thought the high evolutionary was good except it actually took me back to uh ant-man and quantumania with kang that i did think his power seemed to flux between extremely awesome and then kind of limited uh, a couple times in the movie especially at the end when he was totally getting schooled he seemed to not be anywhere near as powerful as they kind of showed him in a couple scenes prior in the movie i thought that didn't kind of jive it really wasn't that bad so i'm not really giving that as a big problem uh but i but i did note that um and then you know, Pat, I always look to you as being uh, Exceller's uh, resident historian. Um, what is your take on Adam Warlock? Do you have a history with Adam Warlock? Uh, I was never really a big cosmic Marvel fan. Um, okay. I, I know a little bit about him. So was this accurate at all? Or is it like more like me and Micah remembering that he was kind of a, a serious you know bad but he wasn't kind of this joke character right yeah i think they kind of took they kind of ran with the fact that you know he he basically is birthed out of the con of the cocoon of food too early a grown man you know so he's kind of a baby in a man's body kind of thing i think that's kind of the way they ran with it a little bit tried to play it yeah 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 it didn't come across right though yeah, and I, I don't want to give out a spoiler, um, but you guys will probably be able to tell anybody who's seen Guardians what I'm talking about. But he was kind of necessary, though. I mean, without him, the big kind of thing right. at the end couldn't have happened, right? I mean, so I was kind of thinking that too. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that too when we were talking about why why he really didn't need to be there. But they could have, they could have used another character to do it. I, I guess you know. Yeah, yeah. But he, they certainly gave him a good out as to who would be able to do the thing you're talking about you right know? right yeah yeah and i think he came around to being likable at the end too i let you know i wasn't you know i think he was supposed to be disliked throughout most of the movie but then he kind of i liked him at the end there you know yeah He's, and i think that that was their whole intention but it's kind of hard to do in just one movie you know yeah yeah so anyway, my overall rating uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, uh, I'm gonna give it uh, give it an eight, eight and a half. Uh, maybe yeah, I'm just gonna go with eight actually. Um, you know, on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Three, uh, I might have to if I if I look back in uh, my uh, ratings for the other ones, I might have given them. I probably gave uh, the first one probably maybe an eight and a half, nine, but you know. So there's not much of a whole difference between the three of them anyway. They're they're all pretty decent, is my point, you know. So yeah. anyway. Take it once out. Again, you have already. Once again, the soundtrack is phenomenal. It's like all three of them, great, great soundtracks. 
Yeah, you know, I'm actually, I'm glad you mentioned that too. I, and again, see, this is why I love when you guys watch something that I'm reviewing because you point these things out. And uh, while I thought the soundtrack was great, I agree with you, Mike. I did, it just didn't, <clears throat> it didn't match. Like I felt like the other mm -hmm. ones did uh, as well as the other ones did. You know, yeah. I thought, I thought a few of them were great for the moments they were in. But then I thought, for lack of a better way to describe it, some of them were just kind of shoehorned in their great songs, but it wasn't really like, I wasn't feeling it for what was happening like I remember feeling it in the other Guardians as well. Did either of you get any of that, Pat? No, I think it all, it's all, music's such a personal thing. Yeah, subjective, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah I, I see what you mean in a way where some, some songs, it seemed like with what was going on on screen, it was more of just like a music video. Right. <laughs> For the song. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Like shoehorned in there, but, um, but separate. I love, I love the, the soundtrack and, uh, yeah, overall the music and it was great. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So check it out. Guardians of Galaxy three. And that's all I have because I knew we'd have cover combat and preview mm -hmm. preview. So I wanted to try to keep it short and sweet again. I have, I have one thing to add. I know this is your segment, but. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike, you wanna, wanna, what'd you, what'd you got? I want to give, props to this movie put this out there um is it gonna pop up it's, it's up. up yeah oh i don't even see it anyway um cora and i uh and my mother-in-law went to see the meg 2 the nice. train and uh it's about 10 percent of the book is in there but i don't care it was awesome okay <laughs> there's so much over the top can't believe craziness that it's just so fun and uh the end is just probably the last half hour so chaotic everything's happening in so many different places it's great go see it um and in case you guys didn't know which i didn't every tuesday night at the alamo it's seven dollars for tickets seven dollar ticket at the alamo on tuesday nights okay yeah this came out friday i saw tuesday for seven bucks a ticket that's what are great. they using? Figuring the cost of gas and time to get down there. I don't think it'll be worth <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think they're usually 14 to 17. This was on the this is the big show. This was on the big screen. Yeah. Which is the largest screen on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, um, and yeah, seven bucks. So uh, we'll be seeing the Blue Beetle on Tuesday after it comes out. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you actually mentioned those two because um, I actually, you know, and this this is how you know life is busy because we weren't even talking personally too much because I meant to actually mention uh, Meg too. I figured you knew about it, of course, but I won't talk to you about it because uh, we've gone and seen enough movies this year now. You can get an AMC premieres card for free if you if we see one more movie. So I'm looking for that one more movie. I got to have it by oh, yeah. September 1st, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was actually thinking about doing it this weekend and I was going to do it with Meg too. Cause the only other option that I was thinking about was Indiana Jones, but then I've heard so many bad things about that. I'm just going to wait for that to come to digital. Um, and if, uh, but then, uh, Lexi mentioned to me that she wants to see blue beetle in theaters. So we're going to, yeah, we're going to see uh blue beetle in theaters for my last one. And the, yeah, that's next comes out next week. So, yeah. um, but I'm definitely going to keep that in mind. $7 Tuesday nights. That's pretty good. Yep. Yeah, it's a two-hour movie, so it's and it's great. I loved it. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. I don't know if I'll make it to the theaters though. Did you see the first Meg Pat? No, I did not. I they are fun, just thrill rides, you know. 
Yeah. And when it comes to big shark movies, I think these two, they, they stand out from the, like, the, the Sharknadoes and, and the Black Demon one that just came out. I mean, those are kind of just low budget, um, bad. They, this was fantastic. Yeah. What was that shark movie where Samuel Jackson got eaten like a tenth of a way in, in the water pool? Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea. That was good. That was yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, I I agree with you. The you know yeah, Deep Blue Sea and the and Meg. Yeah, what you're saying with Meg too. Yeah, they stand out from the mm-hmm. Sharknado type trash that's out there. Right. You know. So, yeah. Isn't it amazing how much like pure garbage is out there? Like they know it's garbage. It's just mm-hmm. there's so much of it out there, and that stuff isn't free though. You know, so it's like right. still takes major investments uh, to put that out there. But I guess people are eating it up, right? So. Yep. All right, that'll do it for me. Um, uh, let me uh, move this around a bit. Uh, this goes here. Uh, this goes here. All right, let's do uh, some comic book reviews. How's that sound? Sounds good. Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, I'm skipping. No, I'm skipping. Oh, we're yeah. doing pick three? Yeah, yeah, pick three. Sorry about it. All right. And move around a lot there. All right, here we go. All right, awesome. See it. You're muted, Mike. Uh oh. Oh, what's happening? Hold up. Technical difficulties, Mike. All right, talk right. now. There you go. So I'm what not seeing, I'm not seeing the graphics, any sound, nothing. It's just I see you three, you, 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 us three. Um, and then, and then <laughs> you said in. you three. Yeah, well, there's all three of you. <laughs> uh, well, we're not seeing three of us either, but we're not seeing a graphic either. Oh, okay. So it, it's just throwing me off. <laughs> all right. All right, so, there we go. Yeah. So we've got pick three. Um, so these are 10 books coming out this Wednesday, August 16th. Um, Excel group and our families have selected our three favorites and we'll start off. We've got tales of Titans. Number two from Christian ward, uh, death of venom verse two, Bjorn Barons, daredevil 14, Dave watcher. There's one of your, uh, I don't know if I sent that one to you, Kevin, one of your, uh, uh blind. Yeah. Blind variants, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you didn't send that to me, to me, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna be grabbing that. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, then we've got Ghost Rider 17, Bjorn Barons, Spider-Man 11, Peach Momoko, Uncanny Avengers number one, uh, Javier Garon, Night Terrors Nightwing number two, Francisco Matina, Banshees number five, Tim Daniel, Void Rivals number one, the third printing, Jason Horde. And World's Finest, number 18, Raphael Albuquerque. And that's the Blue Beetle movie variant. 
Window shade variants. There you go, window shade. That's I couldn't remember. It's so funny. Other. I always think blinds when I see them too, but yeah, that's why I always have a problem remembering the name of it. It's window shade. Yeah, that's it. It's yeah. not blinds. Yeah. I got the first set of those, and then they just kept on coming. I'm like, I'm I'm done. I can't get all these. Well, I love them. I want them all the time. You know. I think whatever ones you're missing out of the first few, um, you can have mine. <laughs> okay, cool. I just need that list. Now, the very first one, I can't recall what it was. If it was Spider-Man or maybe Black Widow. Or no, I can't remember which one. Hawkeye. I, I think it was a Hawkeye one that I couldn't find. Yeah. Uh, anyway, give me a list. Yeah, okay. I, I definitely want to grab them. I pretty much want to grab them all to put them all together to show how cool they look. That's why, you know, that. and this one's kind of teetering right there in the middle of looking similar enough to the others to be collectible for me, but not quite as off as I think you had that Spider-Man one that was calling itself a window shade variant, but mm -hmm. it had a whole building with one window in it that had the, it was, it wasn't, it, it shouldn't have called itself a window shade variant in my opinion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What we got? All right. Um, was this a good week for you guys? I had fun with this one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Good. Nice. I loved it too. I was waiting to hear what Pat had to say about it. I thought it was really good. We've had we've talked to someone else that uh, had a contrary opinion, but yeah, I, and I love this week too. <laughs> contrary opinion. That's a good way to put it. And ironically enough, too, there's actually only one on here this week that I that I didn't even consider for an instant about picking uh, that actually got picked. In my household, in my own household. I, I guess I guess what it is? Yeah. Banshee's number five? Yeah, exactly. That wasn't yeah. even on my radar. I tried to order that, and it, it uh, Gateway didn't even have it on their online list. I was like, oh, that's great. I'm going to go ahead. Even though it's the last issue in the series, I'm going to get it. And it wasn't even option. They, they didn't have any extra copies. Oh, that sucks. So. Pat, what do you think of that one? Yeah, I liked it. Um, just... Uh, it wasn't enough to get it in my top three, though. Gotcha. Yep. All right. So, and what's funny, I'll start with number, with, with the third place cover. Um, I was talking about Marcus on how I pick these covers. You know, I, I, for me, the first thing is I have to like all 10. And then I kind of pick and choose with the audience, you know, with who I know is going to be voting. And this one, I, I said, you know, I, I, Put this one on here for these people and one of the people you know marcus liked it and he picked it and i said it's interesting you pick it because i also put it on here because i know valor is going to vote for this one and valor <laughs> voted for this one too so i felt it's like awesome nailed it <laughs> <laughs> nice but uh so third place we have spider-man number 11 peach momoko so i uh, didn't vote for this one but uh, I like it a lot. I, and, and that's, I guess, where I'm at. I've, I think I've talked recently about how much I like Peach Momoko's variants. And I actually like, there's there's been a few other variants of hers like this, where it's like frames itself out on the cover that I'm kind of digging. But this one quite didn't, didn't quite make it in the top three for me either. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry. I'm going to go real quick. I like where, where she fills the whole thing and it's not just yeah. a small thing. Uh, that's, I think that's the difference for when I like a peach cover and when I don't, but. Oh, gotcha. What'd you think of this, Pat? Yeah, this is one of the ones I quickly crossed off my list. <laughs> Are you not a peach uh, fan in general? I don't know if I've ever asked you. Uh, I, 
there's been a few that I've liked, but this majority I don't like that much. This this one, I get what you're saying about the design, but then why is it off to the right hand side? It's not centered. That that kind of bugs me too. The barcode. Yeah, but that you shouldn't have to worry about that. I know. I, know, I, know. Just, I did notice that too, so that's how I forgave it. But you know. <laughs> A Spider-Man's boots are red on the bottom, not white. It's a reflection of uh, the sun. The well, it's a, it's a sun reflecting off the metal top of a building ah. that's so shiny on the bottom of his foot it looks white. It's just a reflection. Ah. Okay. It's the sun reflecting off the barcode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I hate this cover now. No, I'm just All right. <laughs> And here we go, number two, which this really makes me happy. I love this one. I talked about this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ghost Rider 17. What's that, Pat? You influenced the vote early months ago on this oh, one. Right. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yep. Yep. There are That's times great. I'll see them and I'll go, Mark, in three months, this cover is going to be on pick three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he'll be looking and goes, Dad, I think I've seen this one before. Yeah, you have. <laughs> I'm definitely going to grab it. That's for sure. Yeah, I've ordered this one. This is great. Yeah. All right. And then last but not least. Are we going to get a drum roll on this one? Cover. Sweet. Wait, what? <laughs> I like that. But I wanted to ask Patrick. I know. Hold up. Hold now you can ask me. Um, you had some, it was funny. The Nightwing cover, you said this again, <laughs> not this guy again, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, the, the Matina cover, and that won last time, yeah. So, uh, this time we have, uh, I know we already did drum roll, but we'll do it. We had wow, Tales of the Titans, number two, Christian Ward. Wow. That is a wow for me, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this one makes me happy. I, I love Christian Ward's work. And it was a toss-up between this and the A cover. Um, had a really cool Raven on, on the on the A cover. But this one, just stylistically, was more, more uh, appealing. Kind I of mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I def it, it wasn't in my top three consideration, but I like it. You know, can you put the 10 up real quick again? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Night Terror's not being on there at all is kind of surprising to me. It was close. Yeah, okay, all right. <clears throat> yeah, as right. much flack as I gave that first Nightwing Night Terrors, this, it was between this, that Night Terrors this week and the Raven book for my third choice, so, and mm -hmm. it may surprise some people, but I was actually going to put Mateen in there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Just make that clear. It was right. close, right. but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yep. Once again, every cover got a vote, so that's uh, that's good. Good deal. Yeah, that's bodes well for your choices. Good job, Mike. Good job. All right. My screen's frozen. I don't know how you guys are. Yeah. Very catching hey. up. All right, there we go. 
He's like the silent film. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, now we want to get into some reviews, right? Yeah. <laughs> Skip week, I forget everything. Yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, Mike, you were asking about drumming or guitar and whenever you're hearing earlier, do you do the whole harmonica thing with that one? When that was playing? Usually there I don't because I'm getting uh, my, my paperwork ready. But oh, Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? You're up first, hey, Mike. I'm going to go first and then I'm going to go fill up my coffee. Um, this week uh, should surprise nobody. Where's uh? There we go. Um, I read uh, The Enfield Gang Massacre, number one. This is going to be a six-issue series. Uh, Chris Condon is the writer. Jacob Phillips is the artist. And uh, this is the set in the world of That Texas Blood, which these are the creators of That Texas Blood. Um, and this this takes place 100, 100 or so years earlier than that texas blood so this is kind of like the whole yellowstone 1883 1923 thing so we get the current time and now they're doing flashback stuff um and this takes place in ambrose texas uh which now currently has a population of 90 which i thought was kind of interesting <laughs> so i looked this up i was wondering if this was you know based on any real true gang or anything like that. and uh i couldn't find that it was so but I, I imagine there were it's loosely based on something um so basically you know we've got what we have in all the old westerns um bank robberies small town lawlessness and um there's a texas ranger in here and since i just watched 1883 i'm i'm reading the texas rank the texas ranger in uh, sam elliott's voice even though he's not a ranger in 1883, but that's just the voice that I gave that character. Nice. It <laughs> makes me like the book even more. Um, so it's set in the town of Ambrose, Texas, and they're trying to establish law and order in 1875. Um, that Texas blood number seven was the first mention of this gang. And I think that was probably in the, in the letters page somewhere. Um, so basically the, you know, the Enfield gang robbing banks, end up murdering uh the, the bank teller or the whoever runs the bank and uh so the texas ranger and uh the town they're kind of trying to get the sheriff the local elected sheriff to do something but he's kind of been lackadaisical so that's where the ranger ends up getting sucked into it and uh yeah it's it's a uh, pretty good pretty fast paced not a you know a whole lot to read in there um it's definitely a get it uh here's uh some interior artwork the the just the feel of the book is great not only the story and the art fantastic uh the cover is kind of like a smooth matte odd odd feeling cover um and it's uh it's newsprint and huh. uh which i thought was great here's uh there's sam elliott i mean the uh, uh <laughs> and it might be his mustache i don't know uh, here's some more interior artwork it's uh it's really great really great art 
Uh, and I love the feel of the newsprint. I like the way the inks take to it and everything. It's just, it's a real, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a, something that draws me to the book. What's the publisher again, you said? Oh, this is Image. Oh, it's Image, okay. Yeah. yeah. And this is a Get It, number one of six. And now I want to go back and get that Texas blood. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I'll, real quick, I want to add, I should have put this in my uh, preview previews. They're reprinting The Walking Dead number one in a newsprint. I don't know if it's going to be in color or in black and white now. Since it's been presented both ways. But uh, yeah, they're doing number one in newsprint. So maybe newsprint's making a comeback. Just number one, or are they doing the whole series again like they did the deluxe all in newsprint? Oh, those jerks. I, I can only find number one right now. Okay. And I'm, imagine I'm, I would probably buy newsprint editions of The Walking Dead if they were to do the whole run again. Kirkman. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So that's a get it. Okay. What you got, Pat? Uh, I sort of foreshadowed my review earlier. I read Ultimate Invasion 1 and 2 uh, by Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch. Um, I started, while we were going through the show here, I started wondering if you really needed to be invested in, you know, all of Jonathan Hickman's older material for Marvel to enjoy this book. Um, I don't, I don't think so, but it, it certainly helps if you are, are aware of what's come before and what's come before he, Jonathan Hickman has, has had a long run. He, he worked within the ultimate universe before it was destroyed. He worked on the fantastic four. He worked on the Avengers. He worked on Secret Wars. And this picks up threads from all of that. Um, but basically, if you didn't know, Secret Wars, uh, what happened, there was these inversions of Earth clashing together, and it came down to our, the Marvel Universe, we know 616 uh, clashing with the Ultimate Universe. Those were the last two Earth standing, and the Ultimate Universe did not survive. But some characters did whether for story reasons or sales reasons i don't know of course miles morales made the jump over to the regular marvel universe um but also the character you see in the bottom of this cover uh he goes by the maker these days he's reed richards from the ultimate universe ah. he, he's a reed richards gone bad um through a series of events in the ultimate universe that hickman had a hand in doing he basically lost the rest of his team, the Fantastic Four. And it sort of set him on a evil path. Um, so basically, number one starts out with the maker trying to escape captivity. They've they've captured him. He's in this, you know, high security prison. He ends up breaking out and starts creating all this chaos, um, puts him on the radar of the Illuminati of the Marvel Universe, the higher ups behind the scenes. Like Doctor Strange, Mr. Fantastic, so forth. <clears throat> um, the Maker is going, he's, he's trying to collect these certain artifacts that give him this power. Um, he's successful in doing all that. And um, 
he basically in in out he by the way he also confronts miles and says hey we're kindred spirits come with me we'll go back we we don't belong here we'll uh we'll we'll leave this 616 universe and go elsewhere but miles didn't want to have any of it he says no i'm good where i'm at i'm staying staying here um so the maker he, he sort of and he reveals that he sort of left breadcrumbs because he wanted to be followed and he wanted our Re reed richards to be on his tail um he, he knows his he basically knows his, he's brilliant you know he's he's a reed richards he knows his plan is going to work to uh, somehow get off of our world and he, the, the last thing that happens is the illuminati confronts him because of all these artifacts he's gathered there's no he, there's no way they're going to defeat him he's he's going to successfully make the jump but before he leaves he, he asks Ari richards as he says you know if you if you could do this all over again would you eliminate me from this timeline and reed thought about it for a few beats and he he said yes he he would get rid of the maker from the ultimate universe and the maker says mm, good i'll keep that in mind with that he leaves our earth and goes to this other universe which we find out is earth 6160 or 6160 um and basically what happens in the at the end of issue one is we find out that the maker starts tampering with history he has a time machine because of the things he's stolen and all these other powers and he's manipulating their history basically taking out key components that you would assume like he interrupts the spider from biting Peter Parker, so there's no Spider-Man anymore on this Earth. Uh, other things of that nature to set himself up as the you know the ultimate power on this Earth one six zero. So number two sort of focuses on what's been happening on six one six zero since he's been messing around, and, and it's, it it also focuses a lot on Howard Stark because of things that have been manipulated. He, he, you sort of find out that. Howard Stark may have sort of been a puppet. Makers kept him around because he's also brilliant. And I think he wants to try to use Howard Stark to try to you know, gain even more power on this earth. And we also find out that people in the know have, have, have also gained the ability to jump through time and they're trying to also stop the maker. So we get this basic what is a is a group of cloned avengers multiple captain americas i guess we're jumping to number two so we can kind of show that uh multiple caps multiple thors you know giant man so forth iron man's and, and they're trying to stop the maker but he's he's he, he it, we find out that he's been through this before and he found out a way to destroy these sort of like clones and he basically tells howard that you know this has happened before i think i need your help and he reveals that on one of the other attempts to take down the maker they basically blew half his head off because of reed's powers he had the forethought to put his vital organs and his brain and other parts of his body with his stretching powers i guess and uh but he's a little messed up and so he says he needs howard stark to help him through this you know, I, you know. Obviously, the maker's intentions have been shown not to be good. You know, so we, you know, you you feel like he's manipulating Howard Stark. 
Um, but it really, you know, it's it it's I I love it. I love Jonathan Hickman's Marvel stuff. Um, I know, you know, he's, his his X Men was I, it started out with a bang, but sort of ended in a whimper. Whether it be, that's because of Marvel wanting to stretch out his ideas or or what that was, but he, he he's he's really great when it comes to you know the Fantastic Four. You know, playing with the, the Reed Richards person whether it's on our earth or another earth it's just it's so far so good two issues done i think it's four is it four or six um but yeah like i mentioned that that it seems like that one shot coming out in october is sort of like a you know wraps things up um but this this is really good so far and i'll give it a strong get it it's it, even more of a get it if you're a jonathan hickman fan and have been following all his history that's been leading up to this the only best the only bad thing I say about this, I was, I was not a huge Ultimate Marvel fan, so I was kind of glad to see it go. And it was kind of a good idea to pick and choose, you know, the, the things that worked with it, bring it over to the mainstream Marvel universe. And I don't, I don't necessarily want this, and I don't think that's where they're going because the makers, the maker doesn't want things to be as they were. He just wants ultimate power. So I don't think that's where they're going. But I hope this doesn't end up where we have another, you know, ultimate line of Marvel comic books. But we shall see. Yeah. On on his X Men stuff, I wasn't I, at that point. I had already bailed on the X Men stuff. But from what I gathered, it seemed like yeah, Marvel wanted to stretch things out, and then I think he left before he ever got to get to where he wanted to go with his story. Yeah. So I think it, his stuff is kind of left unfinished on his part. I guess, you know, he it was it was really interesting what he did when he came in on X-Men. Um apparently he said, you know, he planted the seeds. I I felt I feel like he he had a way to wrap things up. Yeah. And there still is a way to wrap things up, but they they pushed it out and extended things to you know, get bring in more books, bring in more potential sales or whatever, and I think it suffered for that. I think they should have just let him do what he wanted to do he's done it in the past they let him do what he wanted to do in the past uh I, and i think he was successful in those endeavors um so i'm, I'm sorry to see what happened with the x-men um but yeah that's a get it for me and just wrote i had to here and i'll try to do this one real quick because i i read this this week and it, it was it was a really good start to the to this series this is world's finest teen titans uh sort of spinning off the world's finest batman superman this is again by mark wade and the artist here with him is Emanuela Lupicino. Um, it, again, another great modern with a classic twist um, version of these superheroes. Um, and basically this book, the first issue is just introducing us to the team and sort of showing uh, how they interact with their individual mentors, you know? So it, it, it's really good. Uh, there's a large focus on Robin and Speedy. Um, uh, Robin is sort of, it, it, he gives me vibes of Teen Titans Go Robin, only not as ridiculous. You know, like he's he's the serious one trying to keep the team in order. Meanwhile, we've got uh, Speedy, you know, Green Arrow's sidekick. He's, he's very much into pop culture and fame, and he wants to, you know, put out all this social media. That's, that's the one thing. They're sort of like wrapping this in an envelope of modernness where there's social media and, you know, uh, uh dr drones speedy sends out a drone to capture footage of what you know their heroics and rescuing people and things like that um and uh 
so they, they butt heads there uh but it, it's really good there's some really good humor um the only thing i would say maybe there are too many modern aspects like social media and you know I've, I've actually heard mark wade criticized for using you know current teen speak like it, speedy in this issue uses sus one of the words i hate yeah <laughs> it's funny when i see social media in the comic book it it, it annoys me <laughs> yeah uh, like uh, why gotta, yeah. gotta try to get the kids <laughs> yeah but it's part of yeah it's part of society now it's yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, it's annoying. It, so it's one of those things where they're trying to tell retro tales, but they're, you know, they overlay modern sensibilities. So it may not work for everybody. It works for it, it, for me. It's been working with the with the main title, the Batman Superman. Um, it, it, it and it's one final note on this. This is a get it for me too. I'm, I'm interested to see where this book goes as well. This is a great Chris Samney cover. Um, I love this cover. Um, uh, but the one thing that was bugging me is is the it's sort of the same generic font that they use on the Batman Superman World's Finest. And then yeah. when I was tracking down this cover for the show today, I found that they did this. This was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive where they used the old an older trade dress style. Yeah, and I love it. It looks so much better in my opinion. Yep. The I only agree. thing I don't the only thing I don't like is the faux distressing. I always I don't know why they have to do that. Um, but I, I love the logo so much more in the classic DC bullet and everything. Uh, I'm going to try to track this down. The one thing I, th I think though, the, the one thing about this, although it seems like a lot of the eBay listings show, uh, this sort of the classic cover, I think it's the back cover. I think the, the front cover is the, uh, red shaded cover. Oh, that's the way it looks. In that yeah. Presentation. Yeah. But I'm I'm not 100 percent on that. I I just saw one thing that said that you know they used the uh, the distressed sort of retro for the back cover. But I'm not 100 percent on that. But I think I'm going to try to track this one down because I like the that uh, faux retro cover so much. It's funny so how two get it's from me. Go ahead, Mike. It's funny how they make that distressed cover. It's like, look, we don't want comic books with with right. creases on them. Don't right. make a nice looking comic book with creases on it. Well, you know, apparently they've had people give them feedback. I'm giving them feedback right now. <laughs> well, it's not only with comics, but it's with action figure cards. It seems like they've gotten away with that, or gotten away from that with the action figure stuff, doesn't it? Uh, Star Wars is still doing it. Are they? Yeah. I don't know. It's like, uh, maybe that's the way they have to explain it to the kids, but the kids aren't really, <laughs> kids aren't really buying it anyway, so... I don't know. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay. I uh, I got around to. Thank you. The audience really loved that, Pat. Good I job. Guess. Yeah. Thanks. I got around to reading The Expanse, Dragon Tooth, number three and number four. And of course, uh, to recap before I love the expanse, um, and this story continues from directly from the events ending season six of the expanse. And, uh, basically to kind of recap where we are, 
there's a major character that we thought died in the show that he's kind of come back and uh, you know people know he's alive and he's causing all these problems everywhere and uh, that's kind of what we learned in one and two one there was problems everywhere number two we discovered it was someone that we thought was dead uh, from the TV series uh, and number three and the reason I wanted to kind of give that back story kind of layout reminder uh, number three does something that I think when I hear anybody that doesn't like the expanse it's because it, it, it gets very dramatic you know and very very kind of deep political you have to know kind of the inner workings of everything pretty thoroughly to completely enjoy it it's kind of like how i looked at game of thrones too the game of thrones did so well and there were so many moving parts in game of thrones that if you just like jump into season four in the middle of the game of thrones and you watch it even if you think it's okay you're just like eh, it's okay you know but and expanse is the same way too if you watch it from the beginning and you track with all of the players that are involved and all of their relationships to each other and of course all the events that happen throughout it's just super uber excellent that's why i love the expanse so much and maybe this is why it has a problem with you know getting canceled and you know was canceled and picked up elsewhere and then canceled again now it's a comic book and all this it's just it's very intense on you know like all these moving parts and understanding their relationships because that's what happens in uh this third issue of the expanse so there's a they're the leaders of the 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 earth you know um have technically have no relationship with the crew of the Rosinante which all of the major characters that are the main you know core of the expanse stories uh they actually don't have a relationship but they're constantly crossing over with each other in events that happen kind of incidentally so they've developed a relationship kind of subtly but not really specific like you know it's does that make sense kind of the way i'm explaining it so so that's what happens in this issue so in this issue i would not i wouldn't dare to give this issue a get it on its own you know i i would give this a get it for if you read if you want to get one and two and then three continues it's a great issue i enjoyed it immensely i don't know exactly why it stood out to me in this one uh rather than one and two i think there was events in one and two that even if you didn't really have a fond appreciation of the way the expanse is were enjoyable uh but this one unless you're going to read one and two uh i wouldn't really it's not a good standalone book uh because there is a lot of that kind of uneventful but relationship you know building things that are happening in this issue and incidentally or uh actually the, the way i described it with one and two that in one events are happening uh and in two we find out who they think is doing it and three the us or I, i keep saying the us but it's earth uh earth is after this guy and the rosinante the crew of the rosinante of course the rosinante are after this guy as well and then they kind of come together to realize that they're both after this guy and they need to start working together to so it's kind of again that this played out multiple times in the show itself as well 
that's what happens in issue three. And then in issue four, we actually get some action. And uh, I didn't actually mean to put a virgin up on this. I don't actually have the virgin. Um, but uh, yeah, this is issue four. And uh, in this one, they catch up with him. And uh, essentially at this point, the Rocinante too are pirate hunters. They're kind of employed by kind of Earth and Mars to kind of hunt down these space pirates that are everywhere that are causing all kinds of problems everywhere. And uh, essentially they find out where the guy that they're looking for in issue two is. They go after him. They have a big battle. And the way that the, I can't express enough again how much I love The Expanse and in issue four, actually it's it's kind of uh, interesting. I'm just putting this together now as I'm talking it out. Issue three was how much I love The Expanse because of all the th other things I said. Issue four, I love so much, but this can be appreciated as a standalone if someone would pick this one up because this one's action-packed. And the way The Expanse plays out action, I can't, I'm not even going to try to explain it, but it's different than any other space kind of opera, space action, space battles I've ever experienced before. And they play it out just as well as they did in the TV show, in my opinion, in this comic book. <laughs> you know, that's which, hard to do, I think. Really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was thinking that as I was reading, I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm feeling it, it, it. I guess if anyone reads this and they don't get that same feeling, I might be, you know, obviously, since I have all the experience of all the television, I'm, I'm at, and as I'm reading it and looking at it, I'm reading, I'm imagining it in my head as the show. So there might be a little bit of cheating in there as far as in my own mind is concerned. <clears throat> but I did have moments where I'm like, man, they're just doing this so well. I'm totally, I feel like if I hadn't watched the show, I could envision it playing out just the way the show did, but in a comic book form. So I think it's, it's so well done. Um, and at the end of this, we're, we're still kind of on the same arc, uh, because the Rocinante actually thinks they win <clears throat> and they didn't, they, they won the battle, but and they thought this whole kind of mission they were on is over. Uh, but the, again, the guy that they've been after since the TV show still eludes them, but unbeknownst to them, they think they got him basically. And he's still living uh, at the end of this. So I think uh, for the rest of, this is a 12 issue series. I think for the rest of these, we're still in store for more of uh, the same, but, and that's the other thing too. It's, I don't want to make it sound like it's kind of repetitive because it's not, because they keep doing it differently. You know, there's just, there's just such subtle changes that it's not the same kind of just, you know, rehash storyline over and over again. Um, and there's a lot of different enemies as the expanse has gone along over the years anyway. Uh, but that, but this one, these first four issues are focusing on one and he's still around after this issue, but the Rocinante thinks, uh, thinks he isn't. So anyway, Definitely uh, both still get it. Uh, if you don't know anything about The Expanse, uh, don't don't get number three to start, <laughs> you know. But uh, but number four is fun without any other kind of history. So I'd give this a get for everybody, a must-have for Expanse fans, and and a, uh, a get number three must-have for Expanse fans. But if you're not if you're not an ex experienced with The Expanse, uh, I guess I I should give it a uh, uh, a hard pass. If you're not familiar with the expanse, the hard pass for three. So kind of complicated review there, but I hope you all tracking with me. 
you know so yeah i i I would probably put it as a get it because hard pass sounds negative yeah 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 and and i mean i think i don't know what i don't know what i think I think you just confirmed what I said that it's complicated, but if you're tracking, you it's not bad. It's good, definitely. Because if, if you if you're interested in the expanse and you're already a fan of it, it's definitely get it. If yeah. you're not, if you're not, you know, a fan of the show, maybe go back and watch the show or at least pick up from issue number one. Exactly. And if yep. you do that, you'll love it. So exactly. Like right. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Mike. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, trying to overcomplicate everything. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> some some of us are good at that. <clears throat> all right, man. Yeah, I can't wait till they all coming out. That's that's how I'm feeling about it right now. And I kind of I, and I think you've mentioned this a few times before. I think especially you, Pat. Maybe you too, Mike. But. uh you know how you wait intentionally wait until something's all out and then kind of read it all together you know yeah it's kind of like how i might feel about uh beyond this issue wait till all 12 come out get them all and then read them all you know something like that because right. i i definitely i want more right now and to think that it's going to be you know because this uh issue four just came out last week so i think it's going to be at least another month like gum. You know that kind of thing. You know, you know how it goes. That's old. That's an old problem. Old problem we have. But anyway. yeah, I was talking to Troy yesterday about. I, I don't recall what series it was. That I got issue one, and I was like, "Yeah, it was just hard to get into." And it's like that's one of those things that it's probably better to read it all at one time. Yeah. You know, some stories are written that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I guess we're uh, visiting TV land, Pat. We are. Sweet. All right, I, I can't wait. All right, that, that's that's the wrong segment uh, intro. Here's the right one, though. What the heck? I'm not doing that. Hold on. What? Oh, jeez. Oh, man. That thing is awesome. Starting off big. <laughs> this would be something that we'd expect to see towards the end. Was this supposed to be up, Pat, already? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you planned that. Good, good, good. Yeah, this is, this is the first thing that's not TV-related. At least not yet. No, no Astrobots uh, shows or movies yet. Um, this is Hyperion. His designation is A-07. I feel like this may have been announced a while back because it's it's up for pre-order already, unlike those prototypes we saw at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, so he is sort of like a deluxe figure. He's coming in at 120 That's a lot more than the normal figures. They're usually $60, $70. You can kind of see why. He's sort of like a figure and a half or figure and three quarters. 
Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little couple different shots of him here. There he is, sort of an action-y pose. That's awesome. Yeah, I should review that. Yeah, that's so cool. number three right now. Okay. Okay, so he has his little arm that he's doing normal action with, and that makes his big arm do it. That's all. Awesome. Looks like it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's very I haven't cool. seen him in the comic book yet. Okay. You haven't? You said you haven't. Right, and I'm. I'm I just started issue three. Awesome. Started like it's a novel. That that's, it takes me that much time to read a comic book. <laughs> okay now we'll dive into the tv stuff the rest of it is all tv related if you really think about it uh we'll do some mcfarland first they announced a line uh, not well not not a line this is a new assortment they've had figures in the past this is more batman 66 so <laughs> these are they're actually a little cheaper than the dc multiverse they're, they're 18 dollars retail um i don't know I, I wasn't tracking that. I guess that they're a little they're a little cheaper than the like twenty five multiverse figures. Um, so we have another Batman. I'm not sure what's different from other releases of the typical Adam West Batman here. And apparently, a lot of the there's a lot there's some bleed through. This is sort of TV Batman sixty six, but it's also sixty Batman sixty six comic book related stuff. So we've got Batman himself. We've got Joker. If I think I remember correctly, I think I saw a cover with him in this costume within the you know the last couple of years. Not familiar with where where this is coming from, story wise. Um, Did he ever look like that during the TV show? I don't remember. I, I feel like I've yeah, seen every episode, but yeah, I don't re recall either. I don't think so, but so it could be from the comic. Uh, like I said, I think there's a lot of comic influence stuff here. Yeah, that's um, the that's the comic logo. Okay, sixty six on there. Makes sense. Oh, 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 guy. Oh, the Batman sixty six comic. Got it. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, uh, I thought he was only from the manga, but I've since found out that he's appeared in main continuity DC comics. This is Lord Deathman. <laughs> wow, that's an awesome name. It is an awesome name, <laughs> Lord Deathman. That's why I thought it was straight out of the manga because that seems like a right out of manga name. That <laughs> right. <clears throat> so what does he do? <laughs> he dies and then he comes back to life. <laughs> is he wearing a mask or is he actually a skeleton? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not entirely sure about that. But that, that's basically what he would do to get away from Batman in the manga. Would he? He would just. Yeah, he'd fall off a cliff or something. Batman would be like, <laughs> okay, Batman good. would be like, oh, that's the end of Lord Death, man. Um, Killed him again. <laughs> uh, uh, we had some robots earlier in the show, so why not a robot Batman? <laughs> you say you, you make that sound like you don't think that's awesome. <laughs> No, I think I think it would be. I liked it at first. Then I found out he was the same size as the other figures. Uh, I was hoping he'd be a little oversized, you know, bulkier. Astrobots really has me loving robots right now. So yeah. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Can I interrupt you real quick again, Pat? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, 
you've been talking about loving robots right now. Did you check out Transformers uh, Rise of the Beast, Mike? Not yet. Okay, I want to mention this real quick. I want to backpedal a little bit on that review because this this is what listen to what happened to me. Like right after the show last week, you know, I did a whatnot show, and there was this guy on there that just loved Rise of the Beast. You know, so of course I didn't express myself as vividly as I did during my review of Rise of the Beast. And then I couldn't help but think, and I actually felt guilty while I was talking to this guy on the whatnot show that I'm like, man, what would happen if he just showed up for our podcast, you know? So I want to just say this now, and I, we've said it before, but I feel like I didn't say this at all. I, you know, I usually am not harsh without a caveat, you know, kind of thing. And I, mm -hmm. during that review, I was just, you know, straight out harsh from beginning to end, you know? So I felt, I, 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 after the fact, I felt so bad about it, uh, talking to this other guy and, you know, and, and basically the way I toned it down, I still told him I didn't like it essentially, but I didn't tell him in so much, you know, vivid, you know, harshness, you know, I was, I was definitely more tactful about it. So I wish I would have been more tactful because I just want everybody to know whenever I review anything. And I, and I'm sure this goes without saying for the both of you as well, that, we understand if our opinions differ and I think I am at fault usually the most when I get a little bit overly passionate for something one way or the other, you know, I told Tyler that the flat, I think I told you too, Mike, that the flash was the top five favorite superhero movie out the gate for me. And I'm, I'm yeah. just calling rise of the beast, a piece of trash that no one should waste their time on. And, I, and I, my my true reality is I want to express myself in the middle, regardless of how what direction I get passionate, you know. Uh, so I apologize to anybody that I possibly may hate Exceller Comics with my Rise of the Beast review, uh, because yeah, I love robots too, just like uh, Mike's mentioning, and uh, and it wasn't really that bad. I guess it was my frustration coming out that I basically attacked it over. Yeah. I definitely didn't still didn't enjoy it. I'm not really changing my review. I just wish I wouldn't have been so harsh. And I wanted to apologize to that for anybody that was watching and listening, you know? So anyway, that's yeah. it. Well, after you, after that episode, I was looking, our friend Chris had posted that he just watched it and thought it was one of the best. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. But... Well, I was actually in the, in the comic book store this Wednesday. I went in there and James, you know, a regular that's mm -hmm. in there the same time we are, they were talking about it. Oh, okay. Thanks, Karen. Um, <laughs> I got a story about what what Karen just put a comment up. Uh, I got a story about that real quick. Uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll, I'll say it during the recap though. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, James in the comic book store. He was uh, he was saying how great he thought it was too. I didn't say anything at all to even chime in on that conversation. So I understand there's people that are obviously going to have extremely differing opinions. Uh, but regardless of what your opinion is, I try to be more tactful when I was. That's the takeaway from all of this. You know, I love robots. I love Transformers uh, movies. So I just wish I wasn't as harsh. So there you go. Uh, right. So continue with the robot Batman, Pat. Sorry about that. Wake up, Patrick. Jeez, we're having to fill in for you. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. Well. Enough robot Batman. We got one more in this Batman sixty six line, and that is their version of Superman. So hold yeah. on a second. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that head. 
I don't think a lot of people were, from what I could gather. Yeah. Who's that look like? I'm not sure yeah. if they based it on anyone. Yeah. It looks okay. like a Halloween costume. That's yeah, just, it does. That's yeah. Tony from down the street, dressed up as <laughs> Superman. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's crazy. Well, if that doesn't do it for you, we got one more oh. last McFarlane item for the week. And uh, we're dipping back our toe into the Target exclusive waters for the Jokerized Red Robin. Okay, Jokerized. I don't even understand this whole Jokerized thing in general. What'd you say, Mike? It's kind of like the whole Venomized everybody. So it's just an appearance. It's just a cosmetic thing. That's it. It looks like the keyboard player for Kiss. Oh, wait, they didn't have a keyboard player. What if they did? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that looks dumb. I don't like it at all. <laughs> and I apologize to anybody that may think differently. Just remember, Kevin's somewhere in the middle. He doesn't really think it's dumb. Yeah, He's... yeah the thing is, uh, you know, we don't like certain things, but I'm happy for people that do like it. That's a yeah, perfect that's, way to put it, Mike. That's the way yeah. we are. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have even shown him this week. What? <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. <laughs> if not for the fact we gave the other Jokerized figure such a hard yeah. time, you know? So there's that. Is that All a right. cape or do they come out to wing? Well, it's probably like Batman. He comes out to wings to bat wings or, or something like that. That's, yeah. That's, I don't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move over to Hasbro. We've got some Marvel Legends. This is a entirely Disney Plus wave. Uh, we'll start out with Agatha Harkness. We're not going to spend too much time on these. We can just run through them. You can see the, the front and in the back, you can see the accessories in the corner that includes the Build-A-Figure parts. Uh, I got a question real quick. Yes. Can you back up to Jokerized again? Oh, uh, if you really want me to. Yeah. Mike, you like the Joker, right? Yeah. Have you liked any of these Jokerized? No. Okay, yeah. That Where are they getting this from? I mean, like, Venomized, you know, like, I can see Venom fans liking the Venomized stuff. They look kind of cool venom you know? But do but even Joker fans... Yeah. What'd I don't you say? even like the Venomized stuff. I mean, some of the Venomized stuff looks cool, but I'm like, okay, I don't want everybody to be Venom. That's what makes Venom so cool. No, I agree, but that's just cosmetic too from, I, I'm tr I guess, right? So just to make them look cool. This doesn't even look cool. <laughs> and you're a Joker fan. You don't even want it. So who are they making this for, Pat? Uh, maybe the kids. Kids kids like chains. Kids like Jokerized yeah. stuff. I don't know. Ask Todd. <laughs> I guess that's a pretty good guess. I guess it is the kids. I like to think I'm a kid in my own mind, but in reality, I'm not, you know, so... <laughs> What do I know? But anyway, go ahead. Okay, continue, Pat. Sorry. Back to Agatha. Yeah, there she is, you know, from the WandaVision series. Uh, we've got uh, some stuff from the What If. We have Goliath, who's apparently in Season 2. They're doing some Season 2 figures. I think Season 2 is done, but they've, they're holding it for some reason. I don't know why. But apparently Goliath's going to be in Season 2. Is that um, giant Ant-Man? Giant? Yeah. Well, it's a different character, probably, but yeah, same idea. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, this is also from What If. This is Warrior Gamora. Apparently, she's sort of taken on Thanos's role again, sort of jumping the gun because we really don't know what, what all this is about yet. And here we got Kingpin from the Hawkeye series. Oh, that looks pretty good. <clears throat> looks and... pretty good likeness from him in the series, right? Yeah. I just want to ask the same question about Agatha Harkness. I don't even understand the whole Agatha, Agatha deal, too. Who who asked for an Agatha theor- series? And, and it, who, who cares about Agatha? Pat, is it the kids again? Is that what it is? <laughs> I think I have the Jokerized Robin than this figure. Right. <laughs> I was biting my... What were you going to say, Pat? I think she sort of gained us i don't know if you want to go as far as a following but i think a lot of people sort of glommed on to that it was agnatha agnatha agatha all along deal at the end of the series you know and i think she sort of gained some traction there Uh, enough to do her own disney plus series i don't know about that but we'll see Um, we will see see. are you gonna see with me pat when it happens yes you guys will see I will see. <laughs> yeah, I will see. You'll hear, Mike. You'll yeah. hear. Also from the Hawkeye, we have Yelena. Oh, that looks pretty cool, actually. My daughter might actually probably want that one, too. And then getting in a little more recent, we have from the Secret Invasion, we've got Fury. <laughs> that, he looks good, though. That looks good. Right after he got into his... Uh, costume locker um, <laughs> and put his patch back on That's yeah. so dumb. and we've also from secret invasion we've got talus oh i like that that's cool interchangeable head and hands yeah that's yeah, awesome and if you buy them all you can put together this thing this is the hydra stomper um he looks okay here oh boy i should have pulled the other picture too but basically this uh at one point i think i think this is from season one was it from from the uh captain carter segment um what if but, yeah it's it in steve rogers ah, dang I, i'm disappointed in myself because i didn't show that shot because it's horrible i think he's in he comes with agatha see his head there uh-huh. It looks it looks terrible, swapped out with that mechanical head. Oh, he looks cool with the mechan yeah. with the with the helmet essentially, but bad. Yeah, this yeah. this, okay. this is okay. It's a little boring, but it's okay. You stick a Steve Rogers head on there, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. What uh? What size is that? What size is it gonna be? He'll probably be bigger. He'll you know the, this is six inch Marvel Legends, so the build a figure will probably be. You know oversized okay <laughs> once you put those together can you take them apart again yeah okay i've never done one um we'll just stick with hasbro we'll give you a quick uh ghost update has lab uh 25 days left to go we, we already know it's met its funding goal it is currently sitting as of this morning at 10,123 backers. They need 11,000 to get to Ezra, the first figure. So, oh, yeah. 
they'll get there. Yeah, I imagine so. And then, since we're talking about Star Wars, Star Wars will show our final item here of the week, and that is Hot Toys Moff Gideon. Hmm. This is gonna cost you two hundred eighty dollars. We'll get that out of the way right off the bat. As we, scroll, as we scroll through the pictures, um, I'm not. Well, I'll just show the pictures and then we can see. There's everything it comes with. There's the scale comparison to the sideshow slash Hot Toys Apple. Um, that looks pretty good. good. It does look pretty awesome, actually. Though. <laughs> Holy Man. cow. Yeah, that looks so real. Yeah. Can you imagine what it feels like to see an action figure of you uh, that's that spot on? Well, you can go to Hasbro and do that, incidentally, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that, Pat? <laughs> yeah, and there's actually, so I guess, some new uh, options that just recently came out. So, Where you can, like, <clears throat> I, I wanted... I saw the stormtrooper one is the one that seemed most appealing. You can get your, they can mm -hmm. make your head and put it on a stormtrooper action wow. figure. Isn't that yeah. cool, Mike? Stormtrooper, yeah. Ghostbuster, yeah, Power Ghostbuster. Ranger, yeah, Power Ranger, yeah, yeah. How much is that? I want to do that. It's not. It's not that. It, it well, it's not I mean, crazy. Yeah, it's like seventy or eighty bucks, I think. It's not yeah. That bad. Man, that does look really good. I actually like the way he looks more better here than I did in the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, all of them there. They all look better than they did in the show. <laughs> well, yeah, let me restate that. Maybe I should say they the way I'm remembering, they look cooler here than I remember them. I need to go back and rewatch the show to see if maybe I can appreciate them better the second time. Are you tracking with that at all, Pat? Do you feel that way a yeah. little bit? I, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's it's kind of one of those unfortunate things because it, it, it's a cool, I think it's a cool design, but they really didn't, you know, we, we had to wait till the final episode to finally get that full reveal and see him in action, and that's over, you know, so it's one of those. Yeah, you see it in flashes in action for 10 minutes and never see, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yep, yep. Yeah, he looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. I could totally see myself buying this if I could afford it. That's yeah. for sure. It's cool. And man, those effects on that staff look better than the effects that we usually talk about all the time, too, man. They look awesome. Well, I would hope so for $280, but Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I don't I you know, they look really good. I I I I pause a little bit there because I've heard in the past some some photoshopping has been done with like lights. Oh, just the like photos that. look so, this way. To, yeah. Like, so, gotcha. uh, you know, aware, you know, aware. Yeah. Be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. There wasn't much to, to go over this week, but it was, uh, it was a TV roundup of all, uh, stuff besides the Astrobots. So that's it for your horizon this week. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So just uh, let's see if we can keep this under three and a half. We shaved a whole hour off uh, since the last show. Thank God. <clears throat> but here we go. Uh, let's. Uh, 
let's get a recap and see if I can uh, possibly make sure. I'm, I swear to God, I feel like I hit the right segment intro last time and it played a different one. So I don't know what's going on today with all this, but I'm, I'm making sure I'm focused. I'm hitting the right one. And here it is. Mike, you're first. All right. I I only have one. I try to think it's more. Um, if you only vote for one matchup, this cover combat round three, make sure it's Uncanny X Men 222 versus Uncanny X Men 136. I agree with that halfway. I, I, I'll get my other half after Pat. What do you got, Pat? Uh, I can't, you know, I was a little late to the uh, what Kevin watched. So I want to make sure I got this right. You correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin. Okay. Go see C so you can say you saw C. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to, like I said, I'm going to double down on Mike's. Uh, if you only vote on one uh, matchup in Cover Combat 5 Round 3, make sure it's Uncanny X-Men 222 versus Uncanny X-Men. What was it? 169? Huh? 136. 136. Uh, but make sure you only vote for Uncanny X-Men 222. That's my added there. So, Did we decide if that's legal yet? <laughs> oh, to... Uh, to campaign? Campaign <laughs> for certain things. I don't see a problem with it. I know. Integrity-wise, we're trying to refrain from doing that, but I can't help it with this one. Sorry about it. <laughs> yep. Um, I just had something a second ago, and then I forgot what it was. All right, Pat. Hmm. You know, we, we talked about some what if uh, figures, but I can only imagine what if Chelsea wouldn't have voted for X Men 222. Yeah. It's <laughs> a sad sounding what if. Yeah. There's, yeah, this, this was, man, we barely, uh, disaster was teetering on, or we were teetering on disaster because I don't know what to do if there's a tie. And for the most part, most weeks we have odd an odd number of uh, votes. Well, you've got a couple people in your house that probably don't vote every week that you could just do like your yeah. science forcing the vote. Yeah, to do yeah. the six three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what I would do. I would hate to to have to resort to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, if Chelsea had voted a couple ways differently, I would have had a couple ties there. Nice. <laughs> so. She actually saved gonna... the day in the end. Nice. <laughs> I didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> At your expense, though. Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to combine a couple there, too, and say, uh, if you want to watch Gardens of the Galaxy, watch one, two, then three. And then, if you know, if you're going to read The Expanse, read one, two, before you read three. <laughs> right. That's good, uh, good advice. Yeah. Um, check the Facebook page in a couple hours. I'll have uh, around three matchups posted, ready for your votes. Awesome. Uh, we know that not only is, you know, October a spooky 
month in general, but it's also spooky on your wallet. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, speaking of spooky things on your wallet, yeah, you know, things can look a lot better when you have it in a $300 action figure than it even does on a show, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Patrick mentioned some what if stuff. I, I actually want to see a, um, a jokerized, uh, the Moff Gideon figure. I think uh, <laughs> that would be kind of cool. <laughs> Man, we've done a heck of a job today combining segments. Nice. <laughs> I have nothing else. Okay. I think that'll do it for me too. Karen, you got anything? I have one more thing if Karen doesn't. Okay, yeah, Karen says she doesn't. Okay. Now this is looking forward. You know, we mentioned a lot of Halloween stuff. Um, are we going to do a really awesome Halloween show where we can kind of wear a costume or something? Yes. I, yeah, yes. Yes. Obviously, we can't wear a big... I guess we could wear a big werewolf rubber mask and talk through it, but... Yes. Um, yeah, that'll be kind of fun. I'm in. What what day is Halloween on this year? <clears throat> the 31st. <laughs> I said what day, not date. You said what... All oh, right, right, right. <laughs> 28th and the 29th are the weekend dates that week that this year so, okay, Whatever so that, that's perfect we'll do our halloween episode on the 28th got it yeah halloween themed so you prepare, prepare yourself i've already got my costume ready i just <clears throat> i could go put it on right now if you want <laughs> uh, yeah i think the pick three i'll just go through like the best halloween covers i love i love all that perfect mike karen can you make a note <laughs> <laughs> She's signifying that she is. Right. That's all I have. That's all I got. All right. So that'll do it. All right. Let's see if I can get through this uh, to keep it under three and a half. And then uh, um, I got one other thing to add. Uh, Well, it's going to be part of this. Say it again. I'll continue. Okay. There. All right. Please, (laughs) please like and comment on this video as well as subscribe and hit that bell to get notifications. Uh, please subscribe to Comics and Collectibles in the Crawl Space on Spotify for podcasters or many other podcast providers. And please listen to the edited podcast of this live stream on Spotify. They'll be posted no later than Tuesday, and I promise that's gonna, what's going to happen this week because I can definitely do it with only three and a half hours. <laughs> done it before. Um, and then follow Acceler Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and or Twitter, and follow Acceler underscore comics on TikTok and whatnot. And then watch our shows on the Whatnot app. And then I, I did not add a time and day. So this is what I'm saying right now. I have a show scheduled today at 6 p.m. I'm going to do my darndest to make that show and it at this point, that doesn't seem like there is any reason that it shouldn't happen. Uh, but uh, like I've pointed out before, if you follow Acceler Comics on whatnot, uh, you'll you'll have us in your list of shows. But if you bookmark my show, no matter when I do it, uh, I move it forward. You'll always be notified when it when I actually start. Uh, so. Please, um, as as much as we're asking that you follow us and subscribe on whatnot and check out the shows there, uh, bookmarks are super uber important for me 
<clears throat> and I apologize, but I hope you all understand. It's just life. It's just, uh, you have grand plans. And, and since I have a full-time job, I actually own my own business, lots of things and a big, pretty big family, lots of things come up to keep pushing it off. Um, and then that might change. If I get, you know, a hundred people in the room, every time I do a whatnot show, I will not, you know, push, you know, my priorities will be different. Uh, but with the sizes of my rooms now, it's really hard for me to prioritize it over the other things I got going on in my life. And I apologize for that. No offense. And I love all the people. Your grandpa chimed in here today again. He's he's in every, in every show for as far as I can remember. Really appreciate everyone being there. And I don't want you to be upset with me or frustrated with me because I keep rescheduling and moving shows. So if you bookmark, you'll never miss when it happens. And trust me, I've got more great stuff. Got a, Got a few new books from last week. Uh, and a lot of the books that I showed last week that didn't go yet that are great deals. So check us out and whatnot. Uh, like I said, show scheduled for today at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please go there and uh, bookmark. <clears throat> then check out what we have to offer on eBay or Acceler underscore comics and on our website at ExcelerComics.com. And then uh, you can also help support the show through Patreon now at uh, www.patreon.com uh, backslash is that forward slash or backslash uh, back yeah backslash Acceler Comics uh, you can help support us there uh, you know we want to definitely do uh, a lot more of a lot of the things we do uh, but it isn't free unfortunately uh, but if you help support the show we will definitely help uh, other people um uh, get great deals and uh, hopefully have fun here too besides forget great deals and keep people informed so if you're interested in uh, helping us support that we'd appreciate it uh, and then lastly watch our next live stream on youtube or facebook next saturday at 9 30 a.m ish eastern standard time and uh we're gonna all be here again so we'd love to see that so yep all right Thank you, studio audience. You got anything else, Mike? Nope. Pat? Nope, that's it. All right, awesome. Thank you again for everyone to check us out. And until next time, don't forget, appreciating great art is awesome. Reading a great story is fun. So why not pick up a comic book and do both? Accelerate out.